All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuckstables? What the fuckaholics? What the fuckleberry thins? What the fuck a sugarness? How are you? It is me. It is I. It is Mark Marin. I am the host and generator of this show, WTF. I appreciate you being here. I'm going to be at the podcast festival here in Los Angeles uh, this Friday. It runs all weekend. You can go to LAPodfest.com. On my podcast, I'm going to have Jimmy Pardo. I'm going to have uh, Paul Gilmartin. I'm going to have Aisha Tyler. I'm going to have Dana Gould. And I'm going to have Dave Anthony. With a lot of podcasters are there. Also, on Sunday, I'm going to be at uh, you know Public Citizen. That's uh, citizen.org is doing a uh, stand-up for Main Street thing with me and Alan Havey and Carol Leifer and Greg Fitzsimmons. Betsy Salkind, Ruben Paul. Uh, we're going to be doing that at uh, the Writers Guild Theater. That's 6.30, October 6th on Sunday. Just go to www.citizen.org if you want to go to that show. It should be a good show. So what else is going on? I'm feeling a little better. Things are getting a little clearer. Uh, again, uh, I'm not being as transparent as I'd like because, I, look, folks, I know we're close, but Jesus, I got to keep a few things to myself, don't I? I can't just walk around like a complete open wound all day, can I? I'm just trying to show up for work right now, and uh, everything is uh, is okay. I'm having an okay few minutes. Do you understand? I'm not yelling at you, all right? I apologize for that tone. I apologize for that tone. Today, Joey Diaz, Joey Coco Diaz is on the show today, and it's a, it's a pretty big event. You know, a lot of you guys and gals... He added after he realized he was just going to say, guys, uh, you know, you know, Joey from uh, the death, the death squad crew. You know, I know Joey from uh, not too far back, but a little far back. We've had a run in here and there. I think we uh, I try to make right on that. He explained some stuff to me about me. And then I let Joey talk because I don't know if you know my history. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, of course you do. Of course you do. But the one thing I want to I, I want to tell you about what's happened to me over the course of WTF is 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 it's sort of special. And, and I'll explain a little bit about myself as if I'm just introducing myself to you. Oh, by the way, you know, I know a lot of you guys are new listeners and there's no reason that you should be in the dark about the last, you know, the last 400 episodes or so. You know, if you go to the, the site or you go to the app store, you get the WTF app for free and you upgrade for like seven bucks, eight bucks. Uh, to premium, you can stream all 430, whatever it is. A lot of stuff back there. You can also go to WTFpod.com slash guide to uh, find out who's been on the show. A lot of great guests have been on this show. I've done a lot of work in this garage. I've broken it in with the pain, joy, uh, struggle of many great thinkers and entertainers. A lot of people are liking that. So back to me. Back to this show. Joey Diaz in just a few minutes. I have a compulsion, uh, attraction, uh, a need to talk to people that seem to have a history. Now, look, everybody's got a history, but I was uh, sort of wired early on by uh, sort of, uh, you know, beat up old guys, beat up old guys that used to hang around in my grandfather's uh, appliance store. Used to be a crew of them. Guy named Pete. Pete talked like this. 
And you have to assume that anybody who talks like this and smokes cigarettes and looks a hundred has got a story to tell you. He's been places. He's ridden the rails. He's been uh, beaten up by life, thrown down a few times and gotten back up and just kicked life's ass. So you got to assume that a guy who talks like this has got something to say. And that guy's voice was wired into my brain. I used to look up to these guys. Now, you know, my father was a bit of a nutbag. My father was a very charismatic, but uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, troubled man. So I am sort of uh, wired to engage with charismatic, troubled people. I think it's a, a gift if I look at it in the right way, uh, as opposed to a search for a better father. I think it's a gift. But because of that, I was driven towards comedy. I was driven towards people that seemed to have a handle on things. I was driven driven towards people that had stories and could make sense of the world. I was driven towards that by by when I was very young and we lived in Alaska. Our neighbor, her name was Esther. She looked as old as an as the the oldest tree. She used to sit in this large chair in something that I remember as a, a kind of Asian getup, and she used to smoke cigarettes and talk about the birth of Alaska, about her husband, the indigenous man. But I believe she used the word Eskimo then. I don't even uh, Inuit. I, I, I don't want to offend anybody. But she had stories that seemed that they came from the beginning of time. She gave me and my brother a a silver dollar from the 1800s, an illustrious history of self. I think that's all I ever wanted. And I think I have one. I don't know if I would call it illustrious, but it certainly has been somewhat complicated and troubling at times with a lot of ups and downs. But what I'm telling you is when I talk to somebody like Joey Diaz, I'm like, holy shit, this guy's got some stories. I mean, what kind of story do you want to hear? You want to hear a, a setup that's like, you know, I was in a difficult situation. I tried to try to figure out what the right thing to do was. I think I made the right choice. I don't know who the fuck wants to hear that story. Maybe a classroom full of five-year-olds or to, to 13-year-olds who need to learn something about making good decisions. But, you know, give me the guy that made all the bad decisions. That's the guy I want to hear. Give me the guy that, that made so many wrong decisions that he was pounded flat by the repercussions of his own heart. When I was in high school and I worked at a bagel restaurant down by the university, crazy people would come in. And I'm not saying that to be condescending. I mean, bonafide crazy people. There was this guy named Pete. They used to wear these lace-up boots that went up to his knees with denim shorts and a buttoned leather vest. And he used to sit there and smoke Winchesters in the back corner and drink coffee and draw very important diagrams with a lot of writing around them. Now, you know, when somebody's sitting in that getup, and they're talking to themselves a bit, and they're laughing occasionally, and they're making illustrations with arrows and words that fill up an entire page at every angle, it's a good chance you're dealing with a schizophrenic or a physicist, and I don't think he was a physicist. So I took a liking to Pete, and I sat down with him. He seemed to be obsessed with drawing guns and the head of General Custer, He uh, occasionally mentioned his upbringing in New Jersey. There were bits and fragments on these pieces of paper that were sort of like poems. They were impulsive. They were somewhat troubling. But I took a liking to Pete, not unlike I like the the deaf black cat or any of the cats I've collected. I was uh, I was into stray people as well. Stray people were were interesting to me. It's like, well, that guy, he doesn't seem to fit in, but he, he seems to have figured it out for himself. I think that's the big key there. You know, when I see a crazy guy who's got a certain series of movements that he's clearly using just to, to keep what little reality he has going 
in some sort of context, even if only he can understand it, I look at that guy as like, well, he's he's got something worked out. You know, it, it involves that that weird thing he's doing with his hand and two clicks of the head and a few words, but he's he's got he's got a system in place to to move through life. It obviously doesn't include many other people, <laughs> but 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 you know, it's 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 working for him in this particular moment. And I've seen him three days in a row, and he's doing that exact same thing. So I I would call that a point of view. What's that guy's point of view? I don't know. A couple of grumbly words, a bit of a strange anger. Uh, that he mixes up the words there and those two hand movements, two clicks of the head, and you know that's his point of view. That's that person's creativity. You can sit and judge from on high, but that guy have, but he might have more shit together than you do. So I took Pete under my wing. Literally, I took him under my wing. I got so fascinated with this schizophrenic that I used to drive him home. I think he was squatting in a large house downtown. Uh, he said the state was paying for it, but there was no running water. He was doing some some. Uh, I, I know he he was doing some work on some holes in the walls that involved more diagrams. I took him to my house. I took this guy, Pete, to my house and I introduced him to my mother as if I said, you know, I literally, it was almost as if, mom, can we keep him? Can we keep him? I don't think, you know, we can just set him up outside or maybe in, 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 the, in the laundry room we can make him a cot. My mother got to like Pete. She became sort of fascinated with him. But then it went dark. Pete went dark. You know, that's a that's the problem with a point of view that doesn't necessarily have much bearing on reality. <laughs> you don't know when that's going to spiral off. When the system stops working for the schizophrenic who put it into place, you, you might not be able to bring that guy in the house anymore. That's all I'm saying. The diagrams got evil. <laughs> he, had, he was asked to leave the restaurant because he was yelling at a woman that he made up. Anyways, Pete had a good story. And I like good stories, and I'm certainly not being, you know, condescending in any way. You want to figure out, you know, for yourself how to have that passion to engage in life in that way. And sometimes that passion to engage in life is having no idea whatsoever and being tossed around a bit. And certainly Joey Diaz has seen his uh, his share of stuff. Let's talk to Joey Diaz. You do the thing. You we try your, to do the thing. You got your own podcast. Yeah, early morning. You're a regular on the Rogan show. Regular, not that regular, but regular when he does it. From what I can understand, and I, you know, this sort of stuck with me because I think you were right, and you're not going to remember it, but I know that in passing, uh, during one of uh, Joe's, uh, when, one of the periods where he was angry at me, I, I think we're okay now, that you had brought up a, a, a situation where I came to your house. Did I say on the podcast, or was it? I, I don't know. know. I would talk to Ari about it. Oh, is it Ari? Me and okay. Ari were talking about it. And you know, and I think you're right. But you know, I, I, let's let's set it up. I'm talking to Joey Diaz here, and I was in town. It must have been 1998. Is that possible? 97. 97, 98, 98. Right. So I'm in town. I don't live here now. I'm just going to tell you who I was then. At that point, I was coming here. You know, I was. Uh, I was. Uh, I think I was still married. You know, my wife uh, did not tolerate the drugs. And you know, I used to come out, and my guy was uh, Baker was my guy. Right. And then I I came out, and I didn't, Baker wasn't around. I saw you at the store. You're like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know. I could, I got nothing to do." And it was it my birthday or something? It was your birthday. And I got nothing to do. I got no coke. I don't know what I'm gonna do. It's my birthday. I got no friends. And you invite me over, and like a fucking gypsy asshole, you know, I'm like, "Yeah, oh, this is like, what am I? I don't I don't know this guy. He's, I'm gonna go to his house." And it was very nice. Your girl at the time was very nice, and I didn't bring a bottle of wine. And you know, I, in retrospect, I apologize. It was mm, have been the right thing no, to do. No, 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 no. 
Let me explain this back to you. All right. The story that was told to Ari <laughs> yeah. was not about a bottle of wine. Yeah. It was about addictions. Oh. We were talking about addictions. Okay. And we were talking about the whole thing of addictions, and I had gone to Miami, and I had gotten some mojito shit yeah. that you pour on chicken, and you cook it, and you were telling me, we were talking about yeah. Rick Kearns. And right, right. I said, come over for your birthday. Yeah. And you came over. And you go, I'm not hungry right now, whatever. And we were drinking something or eating. And you didn't eat. And you went in the bathroom. And you're doing a couple bumps. And that afternoon, I, remember I went and I go, is it fucking me or am I crazy? He didn't offer me. <laughs> but I wouldn't have done it anyway. Do you follow me? Because yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the afternoon. I had a spot. Yeah, and yeah. that's what the story I told Ari. Oh, I thought it was like just about being like a, a guy who comes to No, 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 no. It was about addictions. Oh, so it was we about not sharing oh, my blow or offering it to you. Offering it to me. So you're sitting there. I'm mad, but I'm happy. It was the weirdest thing. When you're an addict, yeah. you're mad and happy. I was all <laughs> fucked up. I'm like, that cocksucker didn't offer me a blast in my own house. But then again, I wouldn't have done it because I wanted to eat the Cuban well, chicken yeah. and rice and beans. So do you understand that? All right, that's- well, here, let me reframe the apology. I'm sorry that I didn't eat the chicken. I'm sure it was wonderful, but Tremendous. I was jacked out of my fucking mind, and I just had enough to me- for me. And I apologize that. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you, what was the guy's name that had the club in Florida? that sold it and came up, checked himself into the Sunset Palm Hotel across from the grouse that yeah, we yeah. were all friends with, Bob Baker and right, right, right. What was his name? He came out with an envelope full of cash, and he didn't leave till he had like $300. I don't remember that guy. I, don't even, I didn't work in Florida that much, and I met Baker here. So my experience with Florida is limited. Okay. I just Did you live you- there? Never. Yeah. I'm a Cuban kid from Jersey, northern New Jersey. Right, from Bergen County. From Hudson County. Hudson County. Right. What happened was, and before the the revolution, if you went to Miami, they spoke about that there was freedom in New Jersey. (laughs) Is that true? Yeah, that there was an embroidery (laughs) boom, and they needed Cubans. So if you notice, northern New Jersey is very embroidery. Uh, so heavy. Like my, my father it's was embroidery heavy, heavy. Yeah, it's embroidery heavy. So <laughs> yeah. my father was one of the first Cuban committee men, like in '59. Uh huh. So we were there way before the revolution. Like I was born in '66 in Cuba. So he got out before the revolution. Yes, him and my mother came over, opened up. So a business. it was no problem to get out. It was no problem. It was like those a, you it move. Was, it was like uh, before '59. Yeah. Cuba was like Atlantic City. What do you want to do this weekend? Well, I'm gonna bum around. Yeah, right. Fuck it, Mark. Come on, let's, let's get the plane for Cuba. Yeah, party. Check into the, yeah, you check into the whatever the Ritz, whatever hotel. It's like they Vegas, had. It's like Godfather Two. Yes, yeah. it was like Vegas. Yeah. So they would keep coming back and forth. So yeah, a lot of people always like Dom. A lot of people think I was raised in Miami. Not at all. I don't know what I guess. I guess that what it is. But you see, I guess you, you know, there's a very fine line between uh, you know Jersey and Miami. And Jer- yes, the, there you know, is. the feeling because most of New Jersey eventually ends up in Miami. Is yes, they have a summer home where they retire there, whether they're Italian, Cuban, Jewish. Yeah, they all go to my. There's, there's something amazing. about Florida. So, all right. So you you you, you grew up. Uh, which part of Jersey? Because I grew up. I didn't grow up. My family's from Passaic County. Right. I'm close to you. We went. To, we would have played together against each other in high school. We would have if I played right, anything. Four, did right. you? Play, did I you played play? whatever I could. Baseball. <laughs> I ran cross country track. Shit yeah. Like that. What the hell happened? Uh, you know, drugs and abuse and uh, life. You yeah, know. right. Beats you down. Yeah. So I. Yeah, Passaic. I'm Hudson County. You're uh, Bergen County. Passaic? I think. I think it was Passaic County because I. My mother's from uh, Pompton Lakes. 
Okay, which is where County. you know where that is. Yes, you, know, you do. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. yeah. She yeah, grew up there. Nice. My father's from Jersey City. Like I'm Jersey in my blood. My gene lines from Jersey, but I grew up. We, they moved when I was like seven. Jersey City is a very interesting place now. Or always. it always has been. It always. Has but you been. really grew up in Jersey. You go back to Jersey. You yeah. have family to Jersey. You well, feel tied I don't have Jersey. nothing in Jersey. I have no family that gone. Yeah, uh, I have the kids I grew up with. I have. Yeah, and I still go back. But I gotta tell you something, Mark. I have a hard time performing. In New Jersey. Why? Because my friends from high school come and I don't know how to act. <laughs> That's the only time. Listen, I don't know how to act in front of two sets of people. Right. Once, the reason why I don't drink, and I've never drank and drive. Yeah. But you know why? Why? I don't, I, when I'm straight, I don't like a cop behind me. I can't handle it. I can't, yeah, I can't handle yeah, it. Yeah, I don't either. And, uh, and uh, there's just thing like, you know, the drink and drive thing, yeah. and I hate performing for them. I yeah. can't keep it together. Because they know you from Yeah, then? I keep talking like that in front of them. I hate, you know, yeah. I have a hard time. So I go back very limited. I play Long Island. Yeah. I'll play like Manhattan, but I won't put it on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. You know, just so they don't yeah, even I mean, ask me. <laughs> what, well, what happens when they show up? You, what do you, what do you, what do you, oh, you, reg you regress? Painful. You regress into something? Yeah. I, I don't know. And they all say to me, you know, we knew you in high school. Like I started my comedy career on the number one bus from Jersey City to, to the high school. Yeah. Let's get the fuck out the yeah, basics. Yeah. On that bus, we got on the bus and our job was to torment that fucking bus driver. Yeah. yeah. We start with the theme from the odd couple. Yeah. You know, yeah, Madison's yeah, wife yeah. deserved to heave, never returned. Yeah. And then we start doing commercials yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, jokes. And yeah, then somebody yeah, would hit the bus yeah, with a yeah. snowball. And that was our entertainment. That right. was it. And then yeah. you moved on to a deli. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't have an idea in front of the yeah, deli yeah, the chick yeah. that walked by with the limp you know the yeah, fucking sure. deal the guy that's yeah. after <laughs> you know it's just something and that's how you evolve you know and i never knew and then i i listened to a richard Pryor album and i'm from cuba yeah you know and i spoke spanish in the house and you heard all these things about cuba and i'm listening to is it something i said and I'm listening to these words he's yeah, saying, and yeah. I'm dying inside. Yeah. Because when I was 10, I looked at America a lot different than somebody who was born and born here. I looked at America as the end-all, be-all. Like, this is just fucking too much. My head's going to blow because up. Because your father was like that? He was kind of put into you? Like, yeah, this is the land of opportunity? This is it. This yeah. is fucking for all the yeah. marbles. Yeah. This is, you know, when you're a kid, uh, there's nothing. You know, I didn't learn to speak English in school. I learned right. to speak English watching Dick Van Dyke. Right. You know, and then you evolve. After yeah, yeah. Then Van Dyke, the in-laws, uh, right, right. I Love Lucy, you know, and you mixed it all together and it was... Uh, it's something different for me. Right. I get emotional talking about it. Like baseball is different for me. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh, when I watch, I'm not even a fucking Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Yeah. When I watch Pittsburgh Steeler against Dallas, that makes me feel like a fucking American. Right. You know, that's. You, you have an immigrant mentality. Yes. It's just an immigrant. You know, you're proud to be here. Right. Like every right. day for me is, God damn. I know my cousins in Cuba are sharing an egg right now for breakfast. <laughs> One fucking egg between four of them and going, this is delicious. Here I am. At Do you 20, have cousins in Cuba? Uh, Put their video on. My cousins are in the national rock band in oh, Cuba. Really? So my cousin is like the heavy metal Cuban guy. They opened up for Chris Cornell. Yeah. They opened up for Yes. In they, Cuba? In Cuba. Huh. And my other cousin, Emmy Afonso, yeah. is this beautiful Sade type girl. No shit. They're all in show business? They're all in show business. That's I'm the something. only comedian. But that's something, isn't it? It's, it's weird, right? It's- uh, First cousins? First cousins. Do you ever go there? No. Once I left, I, they yanked my passport. So you're, you're probably afraid to go there. No, I think if I go there, I would just break down and stay inside. Something. I have a sister that got stuck there. Oh, really? When my father died, they sent them back there. 
Wow. Yeah, you know, like, it, it was really heavy duty. Like, I didn't join, I don't even know why I didn't join the Marines or something. Like, it was really, like, my mother wouldn't let me speak uh, Spanish outside the house. She, and, but you were brought up speaking Spanish. Oh, in the house, you yeah. had to speak Spanish. Right. But outside the house, this was America. Because you had a pass. You, had a, you, know, you wanted to be part of America. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, like, you know, you didn't want to embarrass yourself. Yeah. Like, my mother stressed it. Like, listen, motherfucker, this is America. When you're out there, you don't hablo español. You're an American. Be proud. <laughs> motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My mother, was, my mother loved Price is Right. That was her favorite. Come on down. Togo Diaz. Come on down, motherfucker. And we, you know, I grew up going to the Mets. Yeah, you know, and that's big. But they sent your father's body back to Cuba yeah. at, on a request, or be, he, he requested 66, it. Sixty-six. My, you know, there's two types of Cubans. So you're the same age as me. You're born sixty-two. Sixty-three. I was born sixty-three. There's, there's two types of Cubans. Yeah. The ones they know they got black blood in them. Yeah. And the ones that know but they don't want to know. They live in Pasadena. Those type of Cubans. You put <laughs> Mambo <laughs> music on and they dial nine one one. So my father's family yeah. thought that they were they didn't have black blood in them. Yeah. So they were like from Spain. They mm -hmm. were Cubans, like they spoke like this sure. and aristocratic. You know, yes, like yeah. very, you know, they read sure. books and sure. glasses yeah, and the whole yeah, fucking yeah. deal. And my mother's side of the family, they're just musicians. Yeah. They're just rogues. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah, yeah. So my mother said, You want the fucking body? Take the fucking body. So she went all the way to Mexico with the body and shipped them. At that time it was sixty six, so Castro had a firm grip. Yeah. You know. Real firm. Real firm. You know, it was funny because I was born in Cuba, and I was with my grandmother. My grandmother was raising me and my my sister. Yeah. And my mother would come on the weekends and hang out, and then she'd go back and run her bar. They had a bar, a restaurant, and they had a restaurant. You were, you were brought up with your mother? I was brought up with my grandmother till I was three, pretty much. Well, where was the old man? The old man was in New York with my mother. They would come down on the weekends. Okay. For long weekends, hang out. And Why would, why'd they give you the grandmother? Because it was easier for them. They had no babysitting. They had no cousins in Cuba. It was easier for them to get around New York City. My parents were- Did they get their citizenship here? Everything. They had everything. They, they were just... legit. They were straight up legit. Unbelievable. Straight up American citizens. So I'm an American citizen. The whole fucking deal. But they're just leaving you in Cuba. Weren't they scared? I mean, Jesus Christ. No, we, you with grandma. You're at the beach every fucking day. What about Castro? They, well, at that time, we, they didn't really have us. Uh, Castro didn't really know. He didn't claim communism until like 61, I think. I don't know okay, what the fucking okay. deal was. Right. But they knew people in Cuba. Out, no, right. it wasn't as locked in at that time. Right. And then once they brought me, they brought me like in 65, the beginning of 66, and my dad dies. So Jesus, they so ship you, his you, fucking ass back that, because the, the family wanted him. The family was like, you know, okay. we, we can't eat Sunday okay. dinner without knowing he's two miles away. <laughs> you know those fucking douchebags. I never spoken to them ever. Like I spoke, to, I had a conversation with my yeah. grandmother when I was eight, and I knew that this was not going to work out. She wasn't lovey dovey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she was like, you have dirty knees type shit. You <laughs> yeah, can't yeah, sit yeah. on me. So he died. What he died? Just dropped dead. Yeah, he just died. Thirty seven. Holy fuck, that's scary. 37. And you were three? Three. So Just now turned what, three. Now what happens? My mom sells the sandwich shop and takes the bar and fucking makes it into this the tremendous Spanish bar that Celia Cruz would play at. Anytime somebody came into the city. In the city. In the city, they would shoot over to Union City and close the bar out there. Oh, it, was in Union, it was in Union, Union city. city, which is a very big Cuban community. Right, right. They build their neighborhood. They, they all come from, from Italy yeah. or wherever. And they, they... And they're in Jersey, so yeah. it's very interesting. There's a lot of people who knew each other in the old country yeah, yeah. because their their fathers grew up together. Right, right, right. So they, they're like Short Hills, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. I had a friend that was Jewish, and he yeah. lived in Short Hills. Yeah. But he was telling me that his whole fucking tribe from Israel 
lived, you know, right. in that whatever. I don't know right. if it's a tribe. Uh, it's all right. Um, sure. You know, and, and, and but so tribes was, of David. Or that was yeah. very interesting. Yeah. That uh, he had said, I never knew that. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's interesting. And right, right. I was watching a TV show, and they said a lot of people from that Italian neighborhood settled in that place. So with Cuba was the same. My right. mother mingled with my like the doctor I had on 37th Street, classic motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was when doctors were doctors. His name was Orlando <laughs> Del Valle. He made house calls. Yeah. Now my mother party had the bag. Yeah. My oh, mother shit, party. Yeah. Sure. My dad partied also. They yeah. partied. They, yeah. they, they did everything. Yeah. They tried to keep it from me, but I figured it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, their front business was the restaurants. Right. The underling business was the numbers. Yeah. They sold numbers yeah. in Harlem. Oh, yeah. And they oh, had the number banks. runners? Yeah, they, they okay. took the numbers yeah. and you give it. So that was their underlying business. So they partied. But they weren't affiliated with the mob? And the no, 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 no. They were Cuban. Yeah, they probably kicked in somewhere, but yeah, no, yeah. no. Right, right. My mom had the bar. The bar was her love. Right. You know, she wanted to bring that Cuban. Like, I remember being a kid and she would cook and give away the lunches. Yeah. And she'd say, I got to show these motherfuckers what's really crazy. And what was it? Yeah, and it was, was all it? mailmen and bus drivers from yeah, across yeah. the street. What'd she were, make? Uh, Cotton and Papa, you know, yeah. the Cuban pot roast yeah, with the yeah, potatoes, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. white rice. Listen, uh, I don't give a fuck what you hate spicks or not. When they give you a dish with black beans and fried bananas, you're going down, bitch. <laughs> it's just, that's just the way it works. And there's just certain foods that you're going down. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, hummus, yeah. you're going down. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, spaghetti and meatballs, you're going yeah, down. Yeah. There's certain food that you taste, you go, wow, yeah. this food's pretty good. I hate these spicks. You yeah, know, but, but whatever. God, they could, that, that was always, I used to talk about, I, used to, I tried to do a joke once about Pakistan and India. I'm like, but they have such wonderful breads. Why don't they get along? I mean, it's a fucking good thing. Eat some chicken. Yeah, well, they have Pakistani breads. Yeah, it's all the same. But yeah, go ahead. So, so you, she, they, they used to party they used hard. To party, the doctor, and, and the we doctor. Had this doctor named yeah. Orlando Del Valley, bad motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And in those days, they made house calls. If you're growing up now, you'll never see a doctor in no, the apartment. Yeah, get a vet to come over, maybe. You, you, oh yeah, for nine thousand. <laughs> those motherfuckers don't go to them Christmas week. You'll get fucked two times. <laughs> no, and uh, they, they would come over, you know. And this was after my mom remarried. Yeah, she, you know, she married a good guy. Oh uh, yeah, he was a really good guy. He he'd come. Uh, the doctor would come over. And they'd go in the room and he'd check my tonsils and he'd go, all right, we get. And I, till today, yeah. I hate needles. Yeah. Some people hate snakes. Some people yeah. hate flying. Yeah. I even go to acupuncture once a week to get yeah. the fear. I've been seven years. So I'm not bad now, Mark. Yeah. But from time to time, I'll faint. Yeah, really? For With blood a needle? Tests. Yeah. Oh, yeah. please. Just seeing it. Yeah. Just seeing it. Sometimes on acupuncture, I feel it going into the skin yeah. and I go down. She's used to it. She just gives it's me the really, immunity. Yeah. So I go down. I used to go down maybe 15 times a year. Now I go down maybe four times a year. From the needle. From the needle. Just you going know. in. You know, Mark, at our age now, you got to get checked out. No, I don't. You have to. We have to go to SAG building and see Dr. Wexler. And Who's get the Wexler's up the your ass. guy? Yeah. I go to the one on, uh, I go to Bob Hope on uh, La Brea. Me too. That's my guy. Yeah, well, my guy used to be Hikeman. Yeah. They're, Murray Hikeman. Yeah, yeah, great and, and people. Yeah. He's not there anymore. Now I got Watson, and she's this African-American lady. So it's it, very funny, because I went in there the other day, I had some problem with gas. And I'm trying to tell her, like, you know, I don't know, it's more gas than I think is necessary. So I, so I got to tell this doctor, this nice uh, black lady who's standing there, giving me this look. I'm like, but like, I don't know if it's food related because it's not coming out burping. It's coming out of my ass. I'm telling her this woman, she's just looking at me. We figured she figured it out. It's these fucking nicotine lozenges got mannitol in them, like what they used to cut the blow with that made you fart. That shit in there that you put in these lozenges, and she's like, that's it. And I'm like, well, what do you? And she goes, stop those. I'm like, well, how the fuck am I gonna? What am I? How am I gonna get my nicotine? She just gave me this look, like, I don't know. Not to not to take <laughs> off the subject, but do you remember when you'd call the guy? Yeah. And he'd tell you he was coming over and yeah. you had to take his shit. Oh, yeah. You're like Joey, hold the fifty when he shows up. Give it to him. Don't take nothing out of the envelope. I'll be right down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I quit doing blow. Yeah, I didn't shift for like a month. Oh yeah, that stuff like, will always get you going. Like a month, one yeah. minute. I yeah, remember boom. doing it, running upstairs, and then doing the other half. Yeah, while I was sitting on the throne, looking yeah, out the window. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paranoid with the cats. 
You stay right there, that was a, That's a real party. Just you and your cat while you're on the shitter, wondering if someone's coming to get you. That's when you know it's time to stop doing blow. I locked the motherfucker out one night because I had a cat that when I come in, he'd run out. Yeah. But I'd have to run into shit because yeah. I do half the package in the car. Yeah. So I run in. He runs out. Finney, my favorite motherfucker in the world. Yeah, he passed yeah. in January. I'm sitting on the throne. I hear boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do the rest of the package. I go to the DEA. Yeah, so yeah. I do the rest of the yeah. package. I put my sleep apnea machine on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lay in there for like four hours. Nothing happened. I go, that motherfucker, it's Finney. I open the door. He's out there sweating profusely, hissing at me. <laughs> It was a cat? Yeah, he was all hissed out and uh, shit. I can't I, imagine you all jacked up pretending to be asleep uh, with an apnea machine. With the apnea. Sweating. Oh, and it's going one way and I'm blowing the other and we're at war. <laughs> Bad breath. It's fucking tremendous. So, uh, uh, it was doc, funny. Yeah, Dr. Del Valley would yeah. come over and it'd be like three in the afternoon. Yeah. I always had a problem with my tonsils growing up until yeah. I got them yanked out. And he would say, you know, lay down on you know, the tonsils. We're going to have to give you a needle. And I'd say, let me think about it. And my mother had zero patience. She was ready to throw the fucking ashtray. At yeah, me. yeah, yeah. And then I go, let me think about it. And Dovaye knew that if he thought that if I thought about it, that's the answer he wanted because my mother would offer him a beer, yeah. and after the beer he could ask for a bump, and the party would start. You know what I'm saying? So and I never knew this, Mark. Until so, he, I, so the doctor was at your house for the rest of the afternoon. He do. He go out there with my mom and my stepdad, whoever else was over there. He come back all bumped up, and I used to say to my mom, "Mom, what's wrong with his fucking jaw? Nothing, nothing." And I didn't figure it out till. 15 years later, I went to him, and he would ask me, can you get me some blow? No! Like in the 80s. And really? Then he had two kids, and yeah. one of his kids, it was the 80s, and yeah, one sure. kid got hooked on powder yeah. and was stealing the prescriptions and was writing oh, Valiant. Oh, that's bad. So he lost his license. He's in Miami now. He's about 80. And I still call him like twice a year. Really? Yeah, he's a good dude, man. So then what happened to the kid who put him out of business? He's somewhere in New York, oh sniffing fucking volumes and assholes part put time. His, oh, look at that. Yeah, so it was really weird. Orlando, though, Via would give me... Those are the days when a doctor would come over, and for 35 bucks, not only would they give you a shot and a prescription, they'd leave a syringe and a little vial of fucking <laughs> penicillin, so if something happened overnight, your mom could blast you. Because my mom would have that shit in the purse with her. She'd shoot you out? Oh, she'd shoot me right at Shea Stadium. Any fucking... <laughs> Prom right there at Shea Stadium. I'd be crying. Ten Puerto Ricans holding me. She'd be giving me the fucking. Hey, you got you have no recollection of them doing uh, doing bumps uh, when you were a kid. Like you just knew that it was. You just put it together later. I knew. Uh, I knew probably when I was about nine or ten that they were up to something. Yeah. And then on my birthday, it was really big. My mom yeah. on my birthday really uh, threw down. Yeah. She would have an afternoon party. Yeah. For myself and the kids, and then at seven, the kids would abandon ship, and she'd have a party for the adults. Yeah, yeah. And Tito Puente would show up at the bar. Tito Puente, you saw him. You saw him when you were a kid. As a kid, I knew the motherfucker. Like he would come to the bar, and they'd get all gacked up. Yeah. So I would sit there and patato (laughs) and totico, this other tremendous Cuban combination. And I remember being a kid, and uh, the first pinata was for the kids. Yeah. And the second pinata was the special one for the adults. Yeah, yeah. And my mother would grab me and go, "If you see aluminum foils, pick them up." Come on, I swear, I swear to my mother's grave, and I get pissed off. They're just rocks, <laughs> like they were. These are the days when you got it in the loop. This is, I'm talking about. This is uh, 71. So it was, it was still just this, this rock of shit and a piece of aluminum foil. I didn't look in there, Mark. I just would give right, her yeah, the aluminum yeah, yeah. foil. Right, yeah. And then I had a crazy uncle. I had a crazy uncle who would take me into New York. He'd take me to 54th and 7th yeah. to get a haircut. Yeah. In the 70s, it was 75 bucks for the haircut. That was like paying $3,000 for a fucking yeah, haircut. Yeah, 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 yeah. He would take me over there. He was like an old school guy. Yeah. I was like 12. And he'd yeah, say, yeah. listen. 
if you're going to ever suck some chick's pussy, you got to put Coke rocks in the pussy. And I go, what are you talking about? <laughs> so he give me a little container of a few things. And I take them home and hide them. I didn't yeah, even yeah. know what the fuck this was. You were 12? About a month later, my mom would come home. Did Tati give you something? Yeah. Give me that. Would you fuck? What is wrong with that man giving you cocaine? <laughs> I don't know, mom. He said to put it on some chick's pussy. Don't even say those things to me. <laughs> yeah. oh my. That's a hell of a childhood. Fucking his that, yeah. <laughs> and that's your 12. About 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah, and then when, so. And I didn't do, I was a geek then. I was into models. I was into basketball. I was always into sports. I was yeah. really into sports. Uh, and then what got me jacked up in the seventh grade, I discovered pussy. Yeah. And that fucked me up. I, I love pussy so much, I got left back. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I got left back because I just stopped focusing. I was in karate. Yeah, yeah. I did all these things. Her name was New Yorker. She was pretty hot. Yeah. And she she didn't even let me fuck her, Mark. I was just yeah. dry humping her. Yeah. That's that's how, how yeah. Was, I did just, that for years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire. I would dry hump her. Oh, yeah. But she promised me that she was going to give me a taste, like in June. Yeah. So I was all fucked up. So you going to call your uncle to get the rocks? No. <laughs> I got I to put no. those in her pussy. It's no, not going to work no. out. So always look at Mark doing callbacks at 2 in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So it was uh, it was really weird. That fucked me up. And, uh, yeah. When did you finally get laid? I got laid like a year later. What, at what, 14, 15? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, in Jersey, I fucked her behind the grammar school after a basketball game. See why basketball. <laughs> That's where you got your first taste, was behind like a church. With you a junior, but you were late, your junior high, probably? Eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, yeah, that's when I. And got that was a mistake. I felt my first boob in uh, yeah, eighth grade. I think I put my hand, my finger in a pussy, and uh, must have been eighth grade. And yeah. Your face gets red. Remember the first time you well, fainted you know somebody? You're supposed you to do in the there. Fucking eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You it's, couldn't even uh, focus. You were like, yeah, you were yeah. like Al Pacino in The Godfather. Yeah, when he comes know. out of that bathroom and he heard the train. Remember, he was all fucking discombobulated. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Before he shot the police. Just chief? before he shot the police chief. <laughs> Tremendous. He was all fucked up. Yeah, that's exactly what I felt like after I touched. Yes, the you did. You're like, what the fuck? I, I don't know, know what's going on. I'm about to kill somebody. I gotta go shoot somebody. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So what? So what happened uh, when? So now your mom's not alive now, right? No, I snapped like when I was about fourteen. I used to always go to karate and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then I discovered like pot. Mm. And my freshman year, I, I liked it, but I was still a jock, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I don't know what happened. I started doing like THC crystal. Oh my god! In those days, THC. which AKA is fucking Gorilla Biscuits, AKA Angel Dust, AKA Jonestown Twenty Twenty, yeah. whatever you want to fucking call it. Yeah. That's in those days. You went into One Hundred and Eighteenth Street, yeah, and you bought a dime bag of chocolate tie weed, yeah, and you bought a, a tray, yeah, that's what they called them, a tray, tray of Jonestown, yeah, of Gorilla Biscuits. What come like heroin, like in a and little, it came a little thing, yeah. and you rolled the joint, and you sprinkled that in there, yeah. and you smoked, and you were gone for twelve hours, just like fucking out. But in Jersey City, we yeah. would take the bus down to Hudson Catholic, yeah. And there was this little Puerto Ricans dude, Hudson Catholic, great school, the home of Michael Corn and Jim Spinarco. Okay. And uh, there was two little Puerto Rican dudes down there, and they would sell you THC crystal, which you snorted. Yeah. So for 10 bucks, you did, three people got high. You were in the fucking ninth grade. Yeah. So three you went home and had to ask your mom for what, five What kind of high was that shit? Gumby dust. Yeah. And then, when, then we were crazy. We'd take a bus into the city and go, all right, we're going to fucking get lost, and we're going to meet on 178th in Port Authority. And we played three card Monty. We'd go to those fucking houses where you had to sit next to a stripper yeah, and buy yeah. like a ten dollar bottle of champagne. And we'd say "fuck you" in, and then we'd run out of there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were hell on wheels. We're lucky we didn't get stabbed. And this all. is what you're fifteen, sixteen, fourteen still. Fifteen. Do you remember the city was? Oh different. my god! Just take a bus in if you want. Oh wanted. my god! Did you Concerts? drive? I, no. You took a bus you in, right? The train. You took a bus. Right, Thirty-five right fucking city, cents. And it was crazy. Everything was dirty, and it was full of pirates and nuts. Ten dollars for I, I paid like what fifteen to see. Blank 
Black Sabbath and, and Van Halen. I paid like seven because you stubbed your way in. The garden that day, they had the levels. You had the, the whatever, the red, the orange, the green, the yellow, and then you set like up. Like 78, 77. Yeah, 77. I used yeah. to go to Julius Irving games against the Philadelphia 76 against the Knicks. Yeah. And I never paid a scalp. You, yeah, you stubbed yeah, yeah. your way in. Yeah. So when you bought a regular ticket, you gave it to the guy, he ripped it in half, right? Yeah, yeah. No. We took a fucking Finster LaRue, put it under the ticket, you give it to the usher, he don't give a fuck, he's Irish, yeah. he's on the clock, and he's yeah. union, he's got yeah. a pension coming. <laughs> yeah. Now you're in there. Now yeah. the rest is up to you. <laughs> yeah. You didn't get a ticket, but you're in there. Yeah. You're like at Dallas Stadium for five hours. Yeah. Now you got to walk around that motherfucking finagle. And sometimes it took a fin. Sometimes there were two seats that were open. Some, there was you always just something. You had to move. So, you know, you're like, here's our seat. All right, we'll go yeah, move we'll another go somewhere seat. else. Yeah, Who well, gives a fuck? Yeah, you're, you're in, in the game. That's and you, right. You know, and you were, you were, listen, you were 14. I went to a Dodger game. Yeah. Last. I go to a lot of Dodger games. My uncle, my uncle lives here. And I take him to, he's 78. I take him to Dodger games. I can't fucking sit at those things for more than four innings. I'm a comic. I got shit going through my mind. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I take him, and I yeah. see he has a good time. Yeah. I go to Costco. I get 50 bucks. Yeah. You get two tickets, uh, two sodas, and two hot dogs. It means the world to him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I, when I was 10, he, I come out, and he'd take me to SeaWorld in San Diego. Yeah. He's trying to bang chicks. I'm cock blocking. Yeah. So yeah. I got to take care of my uncle. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I went to a Laker game this year. Yeah. Somebody took me one time, mm -hmm. and this year I said, let me buy four tickets for these kids that I know, and I took them and the father. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark, it was $140 a ticket. I'm not complaining. That's but really, crazy, how does a kid yeah. growing up in this country who's a fan. How's he going to go? Go to a fucking game. Yeah. It's fucking wrong. Uh, it's, it's unimaginable. I used to get to these games for five bucks. Yeah. And you went with the. I was such a geek. I'd go with the basketball yeah. under my arm. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe I saw somebody who'd sign the ball or just touch it. Yeah. That was my life at yeah. that age, yeah. you know? And. And now these kids don't even, they, 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 Twitter and Facebook, they don't go to a fucking game with a ball and you run down. And, and, and I did it without a seat. Yeah. I can't imagine with a fucking seat. I'd be on the court telling motherfuckers to suck my dick. Yeah. Like Spike Lee, get over here, cocksucker. For that cost. For that <laughs> cost. But they, they don't go unless you know, the, the team throws a charity event. You'll bring the kids down who go, we've got nothing on the bus and we'll you know, put, let them walk around the court and then they send them home. That's that's an episode of Marin next season. You take the kids, a couple blind kids, a couple Puerto Ricans to the game. I wish I had family and kids around. Yeah, I, I, I these guys have three boys. They're into basketball. How you know them? Uh, my wife works with their wife. Okay, now this isn't the woman I met years ago, right? No, no that was no. a stripper. She's okay. back in Florida stripping. She's a millionaire. Is she? And she's still stripping at 43. How's she a millionaire? From stripping? She uh, married a, an Indian guy that was like 150, yeah. and he died a week later from a good tongue up the ass, <laughs> left, him, left her like a million, and she really? bought... It's a true story, man. She ended up buying... A, I remember her being a very nice person. Very nice. Yeah. Very, she was a stripper, a star yeah. stripper. Yeah, she yeah. was crazy. Yeah. Uh, but she ended up buying those women's gyms. Very curves. early on in Michigan, she bought like the whole region. The franchise for curves, and probably. Some, yeah. Curves, and somebody yeah. came to her, dumped the fucking mill. She went to Florida, uh, bought a house, and is still stripping at 43. She got two kids. Stripping for fun and because she needs to. Because she's a filthy animal. There's a certain need. You know, some people, some people get the itch. They got to do it. She's one of the funniest people ever. She called me about six months ago. Yeah. And we were talking, and I go, where are you coming from? She goes, I'm coming home from the doctor. He says I got carpal tunnel. It's from giving hand jobs for 100 bucks. I fuck it. She said it to me. You know, when she said carpal tunnel, I thought about it. Yeah. But she just rattled it on. She goes, I think it's from giving hand jobs and shit like that. All those so now years. she got to wear a brace when she jerks a guy when off. When she jerks a guy off. 100 bucks, she said, for a jerk off, and like a blowjob's 200 or something. Uh, yeah, it's there you go. It's a great fucking living. Yeah, exactly. 
So, all right. So now you're running around 14 years old. Now, wh- where's the shift happen? So you're getting gacked up on fucking angel dust. And angel bullshit. dust and reefer, and I'm playing sports. Yeah. And right. I get hit with paraquat. Whoa. Summer of 79, I get hit in the fucking lung with paraquat. The government spraying fucking Garbage, paraquat yeah. on weed. <clears throat> I start spitting up blood. Really? I end up 13 days at Christ Hospital in Jersey really? City. Yeah. Spitting up fucking chunks of blood every time my heart beat. Oh, my God. So anytime I got emotional, yeah. I ran a sprint. That's how they ratted me out at football practice. Listen, I wasn't even going to go to the doctor. I knew I was spitting blood for a month. That's how crazy I was then because they would have fucking known. The yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't know what it was. It you was didn't powerful. go back to the, the Cuban doctor? For no, a, fuck yeah, him. He would have ratted me out. No, he, he found out. I, I'm not, by this time, I'm doing acid. I'm not doing blow yet, and I'm not doing nothing like that. I'm doing acid. I'm doing uh, no mushrooms, nothing like that. And one night I do acid. I go out. I go out with a bunch of buddies of mine. I come home. And at that time, I was sleeping in this. We had the house in North Bergen. Yeah. And uh, I woke up in the middle of the night to get water, and I found my mom dead. She had a heart attack in the middle of the night. So I was in a bad place. We buried her. You were 15? I was 15. We buried her. My stepfather came over. Yeah. My stepfather and her had gotten divorced a year earlier. Him and I had a great relationship. My mother left money, but she didn't leave a will. Yeah. And that's where it gets icky and wicky. Yeah. So from there on, I lost faith, and I just got fucking crazy. Where'd the money go? He took the Gitas. He sold the house. You know, uh, there was some jewelry. The divorced uh, stepfather. The divorced stepfather. There was a uh, property in Miami that she had bought in the fifties that now uh, FLA was buying. MIA was buying. That's what she was in the process of selling. That was yeah. like her retirement fund. Yeah. In her mind, in her mind fucked mind. But that happened, and then you know, so you got you, screwed out of everything. You lose, and you faith. got nothing, and you nothing. you no you had nothing. no power. No power. Nothing. So then it was like fuck. Not you. even social security. I had the kiss of death put on me because my mother never worked under her real name. She worked under an alias, right? which was Sophia. And my dad worked under his name and only yeah. had nine quarters. Yeah. So I didn't have enough for Social Security. I would have had to argue. I said, fuck it. I'll just go steal for a living. Yeah. And that's exactly what I went and did for like, uh, you know, I didn't really steal. Where'd you live? Uh, this Italian family took me in, the Benders. Yeah. And then- uh, How'd you know them? They just... Grew up with them. Grew up with the family on the so street. So down the street kind of thing? Down the street. They like listen, with I grew, us? Yeah, those are the people. I grew up in a great neighborhood. I grew yeah. up in a neighborhood, uh, and it was very weird, you know? And I tell people, at that time, it was the 70s. Yeah. We were the Arabs. Right. The Cubans were Arabs in those days. Right. We were the Spicks down the corner. Right. You know, and uh, these Italian people dug me. You know, I was I hung out with everybody, and if it was time to throw down, I had their backs. Right. And the you know the Italians and the Jews and the Irish liked that shit. Yeah. You know. So that so was you were hanging with everybody, even though he's a Spick fucker. He's yeah. all right. His mom makes nice rice and beans and a lot of fighting. Uh, no, nothing like that. A lot of not afraid of it. Tricky though. situations. Tricky situations. No, like you know, we would rob trains. We used to rob. Why? We used to rob the trains. Oh wait, so, okay, so you moving with this family this was before we were still this neighborhood was a very white collar blue collar neighborhood like the parents were white collar but the kids were blue collar (laughs) they were dirty (laughs) Irish kids and Italian kids you know it was like our gang you know and we had different like first we would go down there when we were 12 and steal the punks Yeah, remember punks from the the swamps and you sold them to people the the light shit you know right and they would light them on fire to keep the mosquitoes away right right so we'd sell them for a dollar or use them to light firecrackers yeah so can you imagine that like we stole the newspapers out 
out of a thing and sold them on the street corner. Right, we did every scam. Hustle, yeah. These kids were amazing little yeah. fucking gangsters. <laughs> we sold, we stole the artificial turf from Giant Stadium and walked it up the fucking Route Three, and put it in our garages. I don't know why. We just had to steal it. That's how. You know, when I came here, you were looking at Spider Man. Yeah. And when we were kids, we were cuck, we were we were comic book geeks. Yeah. But we had this guy like this Arnold De Palma type guy that yeah. lived in his mother's house. Yeah. He was like ninety, but he lived in his mother's house. Yeah, one of those yeah, guys yeah. with the wig. Right. And, but he was a comic book guy. Yeah. And he had a bit hit in the head with a pipe somewhere, so he really wasn't into it. And we'd send him for Superman, and we'd steal the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Then we'd bring it back and clip the other ones, and then we'd take him into the city and do the, the conferences. I mean, growing up in that area of Jersey at that time was badass. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then we got hooked on the trains. Yeah. And we started stealing mini bikes. In those days, the popular one was Honda Mini Trail. It was three. What, what do you mean on the trains? You just go down the, the go yard? Right, go right down there to Sea Caucus and get on these fucking things. And the train would go by, and the skinniest guy would jump on the train, break the seal. And then once the thing opened, you start throwing the boxes off. Because in those days, the motorcycles came in a box. Right. They threw them off. Yeah. And then you'd have to run home, leave. Somebody would choose the 21st finger. Is it? Yeah. Your mother yeah. told me. Yeah. You got to stay. Leave them some punks. Yeah. You're gonna <laughs> leave them some punks. It's going to be dark. <laughs> yeah. But you're in for fucking 50 points. So yeah. Yeah. In those days, those motorcycles were 340, new up the corner yeah. at Kawasaki. We sold them to you for 100. So we'd have to get like somebody's brother. Yeah, and put them together. Dog, empty the trunk of the Cadillac. You know, <laughs> come on, I, I'm on a date. I just got a new cologne on. Come on, dog, we'll give you two hundred. We gotta go down there, load, the, carry the fucking motorcycles through the sea caucus, get bit. Yeah, you know, in those days they were just starting to drop stinky, out. Swampy, oh, this was way before they dropped the cancer and the alligators. Right. This was way before We that. used to drive by there with my grandmother, and she'd say, you smell that? That's from the pigs. It was all pig farms. Pig farms. Before sea caucus. The, sea caucus yeah. was all the pig farms. Yeah, absolutely right. Elizabeth, that's where my grandfather comes from. So you were you were just hustling shit. Those kids, they were fucking nuts. So nuts. okay, so now you're, you're 15. You're living with this family. Do they know you're up to this shit or what? It was tremendous. They were like one of the best people because the reason why I had a chance to move with the Balzanos, who he was a gangster cop. He would smack people in the neighborhood if you knew them. You got away with murder, and I was tight with them. And they lost the son, which made it even the odds of me moving in at my mother's funeral. I was like a free agent. Yeah. I was like, I'm waiting for good offers here. <laughs> like, people come up to me. Like, I had air conditioning. I had cable TV. Seriously. My yeah. mother had dough, and she yeah. spoiled me. I was an only child. It was yeah. me and her. So I was looking for the back carpeting. I had my own bedroom. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I was looking for the best deal, and it's yeah. a joke, but yeah. in reality. Yeah. And uh, the, the Benders, they were like this family that was very loose. Like, they had no- They're uh, not Jews, or they were Jews? No, no. They were loose. Oh, they They had. They, they were very- uh, uh, loose, but they were very, uh, they didn't have a curfew. Mm -hmm. And the one that was my age, it was hysterical. I, I loved the way the mom made traditional Italian food. Mm -hmm. So if I was out on a Friday or Saturday night and I'd see John, that yeah. was his name. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm over here with this girl. John didn't drink nor yeah, smoke. Yeah. John just liked to get his dick sucked. He yeah. was like a perv. Yeah. So I'd say, you're going to be out for a few hours? He's like, yeah, I'm not going back home. I go, perfect. And I go to his house because yeah. I knew the father loved to cook and shit. He was yeah. like good fellas. And I knock on the door. How you doing, Mr. Bender? Is John home? They're like, nah, he's out, Cokes. And he'd take like a pause and he'd go, you hungry? <laughs> and I go, yeah. Go, Come on in. Let's cook. And me and him would cook. So they had this guy downstairs. It was yeah. the Benders lived upstairs and Uncle Vito lived yeah, downstairs. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, their son was Dennis. Yeah. Dennis was a Vietnam vet and he hung out with other Vietnam vets. Yeah. And they, and they were into, you know, Hendrix and yeah. poking themselves. This is a fucking great one. Banging dope? Banging dope. Yeah, and yeah. then I would see this and I loved Uncle Dennis. You know, yeah, he was yeah. a tough guy. Yeah. So I would I was with them one night. We we're eating and all of a sudden somebody knocks. No, Jimmy, Jimmy, Uncle Jimmy, one of the guys downstairs, a little 
little drunk, hey. and he knew what it was. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I hope it's not what I think it is. Hey. He goes, come on. He's eating like a sandwich, right? <laughs> the guy's blue. <laughs> we walked downstairs. The guy's blue, foaming from the mouth and shit. He's like, drunk my ass. This motherfucker's on heroin. Yeah. Coco, hold the sandwich, right? So I hold the sandwich. He starts kicking the guy in the lung, right? Yeah. He starts kicking him. Also, he's like, pick up a leg. Put him on the street. He ain't dying on my property. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, you know, you can't tell that to somebody. That's Jersey. Yeah. Like, put him on the street. As long as you don't die in here, we're fine. We put that motherfucker on the street with garbage, and we just walked upstairs. <laughs> Finally, his uncle came and got <laughs> Did he live? Yeah, he lived, but he, he had like a limp. Yeah. He was fucked up. <laughs> just throwing punches at the air for years after that. Oh, shit. Just hysterical fucking neighborhood. Oh, my God. Carmine Malzano. Ended up shooting a guy in his house seven times in self-defense in the back. Which guy's this? The guy I was going to live with. Yeah, the cop. The cop. Yeah. Ended up inviting the guy over for dinner. Yeah. Then shooting him in the back seven times in self-defense. In the back He got thrown off the force. Yeah. But he got his pension. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, that's all that fucking matters. He's still around. I, yeah. still, I still call him once a week. Once a week? I still call Carmine once a week. Any of those motherfuckers who help me, I still call once a week. I really? Give them the respect. Absolutely. The shit they put up with, every fucking week they come up with. Can you imagine, Mark? Can I talk to you, Mark? Yeah. Listen, Joey Diaz, yeah. he went down to the improv. He, he put the tab on what the fuck. Yeah, yeah. You know, right, you got to right, control right. him. He's yeah, uncontrollable. Yeah. I think right. every week somebody yeah, yeah. comes to you like that. These people tolerate it. The so, Benders, do you talk to them? No. the ben, Mr. Bender died. I talked to Bobby. Yeah. I talked to Bobby. That didn't end. That's the kid? Yeah, that's the one kid. Yeah. John is still kind of weird with me. They were weird with me because I got hooked on drugs there. What were you doing? Blow? I was, it was the beginning, yeah. Once or my dope. Mother, I was doing coke then. Yeah. Dope wasn't even a thought or process. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do dope till later. I tried the heroin later. Snorting it. Smoking it? Snorting it. it. Yeah. Three or four In times. New York? A couple times out here. I got it sent out here. Because you can't get that white shit out here. My buddy, after this is how I got off blow. I got off blow in 2007. But the start, the process started like in February, and I got a hold of a buddy of mine who I used to drive. In. He used to drive me into the city. I'd get pills, he'd get blow, right? He'd get heroin. Yeah. And he moved back home after nine eleven. And he was telling me after nine eleven they were selling seven dollar bags of H in Newark. It had resurfaced. Well, that well, the thing that's right, but oh, oh right, because before nine eleven, when I was on the Lower East Side, they were selling dime bags of really good shit. I mean, like uh, you know, like it was. They, they realize that all these kids, you know, they don't want to shoot it, so they're selling this China white stuff that you could snort and get just as much of a kick, and it was crazy. It was crazy. Because I, I hear from my understanding of it, you know, it was only that brown tar shit, that Mexican unprocessed shit, but the white stuff that you could snort was New York. That's tremendous. That's yeah, New York. Yeah, That's yeah. really good stuff. You get well, a hard on, <laughs> it's good shit. You got a good fucking hard on, you get evil, you spit in the mouth. You rub Bengay on her feet, you know what I'm saying? You got evil and shit. <laughs> yeah, any drug will make you a little evil. Oh, fuck. You got evil with bitches. But you're saying that with- Leave them there. With heroin, though, at least you can still fuck. Oh, you get fucking crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah. The first time I did heroin was this dude named Gunther Brown. Yeah. We had stolen, like, an ottoman, and yeah. he was, like, a beetle collection. This guy was, like, a- Wait, How old are you here? This is probably, like, 17. Uh, my buddies, my, I had a crazy buddy, Didi Cantero, walking down the street, and we seen, like, an ot ottoman yeah. where people put dishes in. Yeah, yeah. And it was in the box still. Yeah. Like, they had left it out there. Yeah. So I'm like, Didi, pick it up. We yeah. had a friend that used to collect uh, lunch boxes. <laughs> yeah. His parents left them, like, millions. And yeah. all this guy bought was uh, Beatles. Lunch boxes. Paraphernalia, yeah. lunch boxes. Yeah. Anything Beatles. Yeah, yeah. He had anything Beatles, alarm systems. Sure. You know, at that time, he had the smoke, like the Pink Panther. Yeah. He had that much Beatles stuff, but he was a complete junkie. Yeah. 
And we go over there, and we're like, Gunter, we found it, because his name was Gunter Brown, and he'd yeah, stutter. Yeah. So we'd fuck with him. He'd yeah. go, fuck you, motherfucker. And, we, <laughs> yeah. and he was white. Yeah. And we'd, uh, we dropped the thing off, and he goes, come back later, I'll give you the money. So I went back a little while later, and he goes, come on, and he got like a robe on. Yeah, like yeah. that scene in fucking... Uh, yeah. uh, uh, the porno movie with the guy with the robe where they ended up shooting people. Oh, right, right, right. Boogie, Boogie Nights. Nights. Yeah, yeah. And I go in there and he's, and he's like, hey, listen, I was like a young kid then, yeah, you yeah. know, and I hadn't had like crazy sex. Yeah. He's like, you want your dick sucked? He's like, there's this lady in the bathroom that'll suck your dick. She's like 65. She was. She wants, She likes to suck dick when you're taking a shit. You need to take a shit. And I'm like, come on, guy. Just give me the fucking $60. I just want to get out of here. I didn't want it to be weird and change my life. I just want the money. <laughs> yeah, I just want the fucking money. I didn't you know? want to change the course of my fucking brain. So he gave me the 60 bucks, and he asked me, because you want to do a line of heroin? And it was fucking tremendous. Yeah. It really took me from one, and that's when I thought I was gone. After that, I had... I had, in my mind, I had crossed a line when I did that heroin. But at that point, I didn't care. I didn't have a mother. Yeah. I lived with people. I had no sort you know, every corner I turned to, everything was ch uh, closed. The yeah. only thing I had available to me was school, football, which at that time, I was too gone to play football. You fucking I still was getting great grades in school, though. Yeah. Under all this shit, I still kept it together at school. Yeah. You know, I had no parents. So yeah. this is all on my own. Yeah. I bought my own clothes. The benders didn't charge me any rent. Yeah. I just bought my own shit. You were we, working or you just- I worked at a lumberyard. Okay. I worked at a lumberyard in high school. So I, I was part of the COP work-study program. Yeah. So I went to school from 7.15 to 12.30. Then I worked at the lumberyard from 1 to 5. And you got people looking out for you because like, yeah, parents people looking died. Out for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, had, I had a lot of people looking yeah. out for me. And this is why you know i call those people every day i call one person like i just went back to do Artie, and i know a friend of mine likes Artie lang so i took him with me he was yeah. in fucking heaven oh that's great you know yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. when i did the premiere longest yard i brought 10 of my buddies from high school oh yeah any yeah. of those motherfuckers that fed me i brought them Mark, they're it. the ones that put up with all this shit over the years yeah, so loyalty is important that's you know and sometimes it's blind loyalty but yeah. if you don't have that you have nothing you yeah, know well sometimes loyalty is it's got to be very forgiving yeah you know, nah, <laughs> you know? Hey, man we all grew up together and, and we yeah. seen ourselves go yeah. you know i'm 50 and mark come on I, i'll be honest with you at, at 17 I, I was banking for 24 yeah i was banking that i would die at 24 or i would get involved in something and do 40 years but you're pre pretty much dead yeah you're pretty much dead i well, knew did, that at that age but what when did you get in trouble <sighs> at 27 was when i finally ended up i went 10 fucking hard years of living you know trying to be Don Johnson, you know? Yeah. And then uh, I had nothing. I, But here's the fucked up thing. Yeah. At the time when I got arrested, yeah. I had three semesters of college. Yeah. Because even though I was fucking up and doing drugs, I was always taking classes. Yeah. I started at Colorado Mountain College, taking like stupid history. In Colorado? In Colorado. I ended up in Colorado after high school, right? I said, fuck it. This, I'm going to end up dead. Yeah. It was just too heavy. I had robbed a jewelry store with some buddies. Guns. I was done. Guns, everything. We were, you know, I, at that time I didn't carry a gun. Yeah. I didn't know about guns, but I was so cold inside that I just wanted to kill. Yeah. I was ready to kill. Like, I, I, I was already, I was hooked on the movie The Mechanic. Yeah, yeah. With Charles Bronson, sure. which is a fucking classic. Yeah. I wanted to ice people like that. I just didn't know where to start. Well, if you want to kill motherfuckers, move to Colorado. You'll learn. <laughs> That's where they teach you. That's the capital of debt there. You know, I moved to Basalt. Yeah. And within three weeks, I met this girl and her husband. They had no kids, and he didn't want to come over and watch movies. We went over. I knew the brother, and they were all cool, and she used to throw barbecues. And one night, we're watching Rambo, and we're talking, and one conversation leads to another. And I told him that I shot a gun like that one time, and he goes, hold on. 
he fucking pulls out his couch, and under there he's got a fucking arsenal. Yeah. And from there on, I would go every Friday night, sleep over, and on Saturdays he'd take me gunning, and he showed me everything. Yeah. And he wanted his big heist was to train me so we could rob the bank on Christmas Day on snowmobiles. That this was guy, his big idea? Aspen Bank. Yeah. Because that's the day it had the most money ever. It was like a, it was like when the Yankees come to Boston. And Aspen's a little town. Little town, you right. could do it. Three so fucking had, three so mums you, could fucking do it. So you're doing, you're making diagrams and shit. We're making diagrams, the whole thing. Wow. I'm going nuts. By this point, I moved to Snowmass Village. I had already gotten picked up hitchhiking by Don Henley and fucking Bob Denver. I mean, Snowmass Village at the time, it's 83. At the time, you look it up, it was the cocaine capital. The Dude, I went. I used to go ski there with my family. Are you kidding me? But I was what? I, no, I, no I, nobody knew. Yeah. They were sucking dick up there in 69 and, and way before. That's where it got invented. Yeah. Patty Bugatti's was a bar that was in the 80s that was around, around the pool. Yeah. You stood around the pool. Yeah. So when you wanted to jump in the pool, you jumped in the fucking pool because you were you were gonna lose it from standing there from all the jawing and shit. What the fuck? People would jump in with clothes, with everything. There was no cell phones then. People didn't give a fuck about. It. They gave a paper license. You didn't give a fuck. You went and got an next one. The Holy next shit! Day. I used to. We used to go to Snowmass every year when I was a kid because Tremendous. my dad had a convention. But I didn't do any of that shit then. No, nobody did. You just went up there and you got. It was it was crazy. I was up there. I had nothing going on in Jersey. I had a buddy who had gotten thrown out of the Air Force Academy. And what are you doing for a job? I'm shoveling snow, but I'm really casing out joints. Yeah. And I got a three-mountain ski pass. I had never skied before. I went to the Playboy Club. That's not skiing. That's, yeah. that's brutality. Did you ski? Up in uh, New York no. when it was 10 no, but degrees? I mean, did you learn no. how to do it? When I went to Colorado, fuck yeah. <laughs> Once I got to uh, Snowmass Village, I lived right there two minutes away. So I had my first season, I had a job uh, shoveling, shoveling snow for twelve fifty an hour. Plus a ski pass. So you yeah. shovel from 7 to 12. You made whatever. And then, you, and then I washed dishes at the point. It was Bob Denver's restaurant. Bob I Gilligan. Was, I was, uh, yeah. No, no. Bob, the other one. John Denver. John Denver. Okay. Marky yeah, Mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a magician in there. Yeah. He was a cokehead. Yeah. And his big trick you was. you know the magician? I forget what his name was. Yeah. His big trick was he'd get a card. Yeah. And as a tourist, you had to put like a $50 bill in the card yeah. with a thumbtack. And there was a fan. Yeah. And he'd throw it in between the fan. If it stuck, he kept the 50. Yeah. But there was a little part in the restaurant. We'd go over at the other night and jump up and take the money from the i mean it was a complete fucking scam this so i worked there monday nights and tuesdays because it was prime rib nights yeah and the chefs knew me so they give me all the mistakes yeah they knew i was into swimming and skiing and all this shit so they give me and we'd steal shrimp and everybody sold blow i mean that was the worst place you wanted to go if you wanted to get off blow. and it's seasonal it's 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 every day up there at this time then there was a guy named dan grabo yeah who was like, he's done books now and stuff, but all, fuck all that shit. I never met him. But you would hear about this guy that would go into restaurants and give you 50 grand yeah. and say, tell me when it's over. Yeah. He'd come in for like a $3 sandwich. He yeah. was going to eat there from his afterlife. Yeah, yeah. He was doing this everywhere. Yeah. And one day they arrested him. Like the first season I was there, 84, they arrested him. Or 83, they arrested him with like a million dollars, three different cars. He was the kingpin. He was making six million every six weeks. On this Coke? Is the, of Coke. This yeah. is in the fucking paper. He's telling Don Johnson to suck his dick. Woody Creek at the time, which is underneath. I used to go down there to get bags of weed. And that's where I seen the man at the Woody Creek motherfucking tavern. Yeah. And one time I went in there and I seen him smoking his little cigarette. And then another time I went in there and he was in there with... Uh, Bill, when he was doing uh, Where the Buffalo Roam. Oh, oh uh, Hunter Thompson. I seen Hunter oh, Bill Thompson. Murray. Bill I seen Murray. Hunter Thompson, Bill Murray. And then another time I went down there, I seen Don Johnson in there. And I would go in there to buy bags of weed. But the other thing was they had real chorizo in their nachos. 
which oh, was mind boggling yeah, yeah. in 1983. And yeah. I would go down to get the nachos and I would look at fucking Hunter Thompson. And I, might, and I knew who he was, but not really. Right. Now Bill Murray and where the Buffalo room. Yeah, like yeah. I was, I was seeing all this shit. I didn't really even know what it was at that time. I didn't know. I remember one time being in. You're like 19. This is, I'm 1920. No, no, right. I'm 1920. Right. And I'm working, I'm keeping it together, but I'm burglarizing little drug dealers at the time. Yeah. And taking the blow and sending it back east. Fucking crazy. <laughs> you're bur- wait, you're bur- fucking you're, crazy. You're, this you're, is you're, cra- you're burglarizing like the third or fourth guy down on the chain, just running around with a gun. No, no guns yet. No oh, guns, okay. nothing, no guns. No guns. I, I, uh, you know what, man? Even at that age, I knew, I, I, I was around people that carry guns. Yeah. And I knew in the back of my mind. It was never a good idea. Yeah. You know, it just, I knew. And these are the things that kept me so the fuck alive. you're just scaring him. You're threatening me. Where are you going with it? No, 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 no. At this time, I wasn't doing nothing like that. I was How'd doing you burglarize? B&E's. A guy like you would leave this door open oh, okay. with a, yeah. a scale and an ounce of blow. And I kick the window and take your blow on the scale and leave. And then you, I see you at the bar and you're like, somebody broke in my house. What Holy a fucking shit. shame. No yeah. shit. Let's get to the bottom of this. And you're sending the blow back east to move? No, I would snort half of it and send the other half back and keep the cash. And This was fucking crap. But at the same time, I'm taking Taking six credits a semester yeah, at the college, at Colorado Mountain College. I'm taking like the university, uh, you know, American uh, political systems. I'm yeah, taking yeah. all this shit. Yeah. So in the process, I go back east. Why yeah. I don't know. I go back east, and it's the fucking heyday of blow. Yeah. Gone is cocaine and weed. It's yeah. all crack. From 140th up to 181st is straight up crack. Yeah. You don't even know what the fuck this is. Yeah. I remember going, getting coked up one night. And going into the city with a buddy of mine, I'm in the back seat, he's driving, I'll never forget this, I'm in the back just like foaming from the fucking mouth, yeah. and he pulls up next to this hooker, and she's smoking this pipe, and he pulls up next to him, and he goes, what are you smoking? And she goes, crack, or whatever, and he goes, give me something, yeah, you know, he, yeah. this guy was crazy, he yeah. gave her like a hundred bucks, and the dealer came over and goes, open your hand, and he opened his hand, and they just like dropped like- Ten vials. Ten vials yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And he looked at the hooker, and he bought the crack pipe from the hooker, I don't know if he smoked, I, I didn't, I, you know me, I'm yeah. a Catholic. Yeah. But uh, this is how crazy it had become. It had gone, and I tell people, it's like, I saw that. Like, people talk about the weed in California now. I'm that old that I saw how cocaine took over. Just took over. People were doing mescaline, yep. blotter acid, yep. that's it. Pink Floyd, the yep. wall, that type of shit. And all of a sudden, one day... Yeah, everybody. And, nuts. And if you sniffled, you were fucking, it puts you into a different level. It's like basketball players that put glasses on now to look intellectual and they have 20-20 vision yeah. because they look intellectual. Yeah. That's what cocaine was in the yeah. 80s. If you did that, you were better. See, cocaine wasn't sold on a drug. It was sold on a, it made you, it elevated you as a human being. Uh-huh. That's how they got you. You didn't pay more than free. You were I, broke. Yeah, I remember a kid, yeah. uh, my cousin, my mother's cousin, he was in the fashion business. And at that time, like, you know, they pulled it right out the table. You know, with older people there, they'd do a fucking bump and they didn't give a shit. And also, like, uh, there was, do you remember, like, of course you do, like, when you when you go into a place, you didn't have any blow, and then you'd just be at a bar in a town you don't know, and you you kind of like, someone's got to have it. And you see some guy just go, and you'd be like, oh, that's a guy, that's a guy. And nine times out of ten, it wasn't oh, the guy, and you'd go, go over there trying to talk, so what, oh, you, what you got going on? What are you talking about? You don't got nothing. Terrible, terrible. So, okay, so anyways, the place of New York was on was fire. Was completely different. And then now. crack made it, like, and violent. crack made it. it. Crack started coming in, like, in the winter of 84, and by 85, it was everywhere. Like, you went Killing into the people. city, and you're like, I want to buy weed. No weed, crack. What oh. the fuck? You know, you had to go down another 10 blocks. And Do you like the crack? No, no, no. Oh, I didn't get man, hooked scary. on crack. I think I got hooked on crack for, like, two months. Yeah. And it was because they sold it on Selma yeah. and uh, Orange oh, yeah. on the way home. I used to live on Selma and and 
<laughs> I used to live on Selma and whatever. And I'd have to drive that way because if you're on Sunset, there's cops. And you're like, oh, they're the I'm coming home, home from the comedy store. I'm not drinking, but I got a package in my pocket. Yeah. But I, just in case, you know, because when you're driving home at 2 in the morning and a yeah. freak's coming over, a gram might not be enough. Yeah. So now you might just, another quarter would set yeah. you perfect. Because even if you do the gram, you always got the quarter for backup. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd see Flacco on the corner. I'd pull over. Yeah. What do you got? So one night he gave me this Coke rock. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. I took it home. I'm trying to chop it up. I got fucking sick. I got dizzy. Yeah. And then my buddy's like, no, that's not Coke. That's crack, you fucking dummy. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I fucking know, you know. So you go to New York I'm after New Colorado. York, you lose it, lose it, lose it. Coke's out lose of control. It. 84, lose it, lose it. Get in trouble, not arrested, just get in trouble with my friends. I end up moving to a Creskill with a yeah. high school teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started going to AA meetings with him. Yeah. I still wasn't clean. I was still smoking dope. Yeah. And I was just plotting my next Creskill, New Jersey. Creskill, New yeah. Jersey by Dumont. Yeah. And I would take the bus into the city. I was yeah. still bartending on 52nd and 7th. Yeah. Comedy was nowhere in my fucking future. I loved it. Yeah. I loved movies. I loved comedy. Uh, you know, that was a special thing about growing up in New York those days. For $2, you saw fucking 19 movies. Yeah. You saw all three Clint Eastwood movies. You, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. you went in there at 11. And <clears throat> so I always loved that. And I, I always thought I would figure out a way. And then I went back to Colorado in 85. And I was clean and sober. And I started making my way around. And... And all of a sudden I started, you know, cocaine was 1,800 an ounce in snow mass. And my buddies, I'm talking to them on the phone, they're getting it for 800 an ounce. So yeah. I said, fuck it, I might as well start flying back and bringing it back. So I started yeah. doing that stupid shit. And then yeah. I got really greedy. Yeah. Since in those days, you could go into 7-Eleven in those days and go, you guys got guns here, let me get 10 of them. Yeah. I started buying guns in Colorado and bringing them back to Jersey and then picking up the Coke with the gun profits and bringing that back to Colorado. Yeah. So I'd make them two for one. I was yeah. crazy, Mark Marin, crazy, yeah. you know? And uh, I did that for a while. I moved to Boulder, which I hated at the time. Yeah. And in Boulder, I got it together for a while. Yeah. I, I, I went back to continuing ed in Boulder. Yeah. And after a month, they get back to me and go, no, you're out. You have too many credits. You got to transfer to the University of Colorado or you got to figure <laughs> something out. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I sold Subarus. I had this girlfriend and I wasn't doing bad. I was making like four or five grand a month. Went to school at night, uh, six credits. Yeah. Here I am in the University of Colorado. I transfer. They won't accept me as Joey Diaz. Why? But then I got a letter the next day that if I was Jose Diaz, I would get a CUOP scholarship and all this shit, which I really am Jose Diaz. Right. I just didn't want to cheat my way in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They said that I could transfer. This is, in the li this is a dream of a lifetime. Yeah. My mother was dead. This is her lifelong passion for me to be an attorney, and here I am, bitches. Yeah. Here I am, motherfucker. Yeah. With my dick out, I'm here. And all of a sudden they go, no, 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 if your name is Jose Diaz. So I went back, reapplied. They gave me $2,000 per semester, a Pell Grant. You know, I had, to I had to keep a C fucking grade, and all I had to do was show up. Because yeah. all I had, I had to listen. I could listen, take a few notes, and I could yeah. bang out a B. Yeah. It just ain't fucking, you know, after I got left back, I said, fuck it, this is easy for me, you know? Yeah. And I went back, and I was on my way. I was taking history classes. I was talking to the law school yeah. about maybe going in there and being a fucking attorney. Yeah. And one day, my greed took over. Yeah. And some kid comes in, a half a mook, and he comes in telling me how he's going to go to jail, and his roommate's got two kilos of blow in the apartment. Two keys. Two keys. And wow. here I am selling cars for four grand a month, talking yeah. to these fucking professors, yeah. asking me what the weight velocity of the car. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've ever dealt with people in Boulder. They're very intelligent yeah. for their own very white. stupidity. Yeah. Stupidity in a way. But yeah. I love them. I still love them. Respect. You know, Boulder, you have this intelligence in Boulder. You have astronauts. Yeah, yeah. But the hub, I think that was the name of it. The hub of Boulder is a bank. One day, 
people went to the bank on Monday morning to make deposits, and there was a, a, a yellow tape around the bank, and it said, do not make deposits, drop in this box. And people actually dropped the deposits in that box. And finally, at 1 o'clock, the driving window realized, fuck, we haven't had too many customers today. What the fuck is going on? And they went out there, and they had been robbed. And people were actually putting their fucking deposits in there. These are astronauts, Mark Marin. Putting their fucking, you understand me? So you could mug these people at will. You could fucking hypnotize them. <laughs> yeah. A moron could fucking hypnotize these people. This is what they did. A box. You're a fucking astronaut. You just dropped a fucking deposit in a box because a sign said so. <laughs> did, did they find out who did that? No, this is the scam of the year. And here I am trying to get a fucking B in, in geography. And some guys running around getting fake fucking Gitas on the banker. Cash the boot. <laughs> so I, I love Bolden, and I'm working at this place, and I meet this guy, and uh, he tells me this, and my, I call New York, and I couldn't find anybody to help me pull this off. With two kilos. Two kilos. Yeah. It's four pounds at the time. That's wow. $100,000, which I was going to snort the whole amount, probably. <laughs> I was probably going to save a dollar. Yeah. And uh, reality. Yeah. You know, that's reality. Because yeah. I was going to go back and be Johnny Bananas and blow the whole thing. Then you're out there with people looking for you, and now you got a complete different situation. And I go to, the deal was me and this biker guy that I detail cars with, He his dilemma was he was dating a stripper who lived with him but wouldn't let him sleep in the bedroom because she was still married. And she was a nude stripper, but because she was Catholic, Catholicism said you can't sleep with a man you're not married with. So this is... A, so it's like a girl moving into your house and saying, you're sleeping on the couch, Mark. I'm taking the yeah, bedroom. Because of God. You can't fucking yeah. fuck me until God says so, or you give me the 10000 for the divorce. Mm. So he was making a move to pay for this girl's divorce so he could fuck her. This is my business partner. This is how clear I was fucking thinking at the time. <laughs> we go with a machine gun. And it's a series of events, which I don't have enough time to... I, I sent him over to get the blow. He went over and said there was nothing there. I knew it was there. I told the guy, fuck you. I went over, kicked the door down, took the four kilos, the four pounds, put them under one of those newspaper things. You ever go to those newspaper things? You put a quarter in, take yeah. look underneath, cocksucker. <laughs> they built cities with cocaine under those things or money that they drop off. That's an old school thing. Under the newspaper, there's a slot there. Yeah. There's a reason why there's a slot there. Uh, for coke. I put it under there for coke and other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I took it, and uh, the, the, the genius biker guy yeah. put the guy in the trunk of a car. Which guy? The guy with the coke? The guy with the coke. Yeah. And was going to drive him to the bus station to put him on a bus to Arizona. Yeah. He gets pulled over because he's driving with no headlights on. He didn't even wrap me out. When they, they like, license the registration, you go, mm, they open up the trunk. He's all bandaged up. The driver tells him Joey Diaz was my helper. I elude them for like four days, right? I go up into the hills. I'm smoking dope. I finally came down because it was the day Don Johnson was going to marry uh, the chick on Miami Vice. Yeah. They were going to have a big wedding. So I said, fuck it. I'll go in there, turn myself in. I'll be out. This is how demented I was. I just, I got to turn myself in. And they charged me with kidnapping, aggravated robbery, accessory to a felony. The feds want to talk to me about three other related fucking things. But they didn't find the coke. No, they didn't find the coke. So the coke was out of the... Gone. Gone. So, you know what? I ended saying in there for three, uh, 30 days, bailed out. I stayed out for eight months, still retarded, wouldn't claim responsibility. They threw me away for four years, you know? And when I was in there, the good thing was that- uh, On the kidnapping, right? On the kidnap. But I ended up pleading to second-degree burglary because it was nonviolent. I had a really yeah. good attorney and shit yeah. because I wouldn't have drama later. 
And I did that. But the good thing was when I was in there on Thursday nights, I would go up in front of a bunch of people. The projector would always break. Yeah. And I would go up there and, you know, they'd say- On movie night. On movie night, the shit would break. And just from talk, I was the, I was in charge of the uh, the stock clerk. Yeah. I was the only one who had a driver's license. So I, had, I was a stock clerk, which I, I hid the steroids for people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I had yeah. weed and speed. Yeah. The bikers would give me speed. I'd charge them rent like a dollar a week to hide that crank. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ran this shit, Mark Marin. <laughs> and- uh, it was an experience. Uh, it really was. Four I came years. Out. I ended up doing like uh, altogether like eight months. There's holes in the system that society doesn't know about. That's why when they tell you they give some forty forty eight years, yeah. don't believe it. Because at that time, if you didn't have a felony before that, you were eligible for House Bill twelve hundred. Yeah. Which can't which cuts your sentence in half. Right. So I cut it right to two years, which yeah. is basically twenty four months. You're eligible for a halfway house at eighteen. You'll be sent to a halfway house at sixteen. So no matter what law and order tells you. You're only doing eight months on two years. Yeah. And if your mother knows the judge and you get people to write letters, you're in a halfway so house I, even quicker. So I, that, at, in that experience of being in, in there just eight months, which prison were you in? Colorado. Ba- a bad one. Camp George West. A real you, one? No. And it, it was so weird. It was like a blessing because everything was, they told me I was backed up, that they were going to ship me to Texas. Mm, but that was great because those days count for two for one. Right. So I would have been out of there in four fucking months. Right. So I didn't give a fuck, but they ended up sending me to the best jail ever. Like, yeah. I wanted to go to Rifle yeah. because they had pools and you could be a lifeguard and yeah, shit. Yeah. And you go to the movies. <laughs> but they ended up sending me to uh, the place by Golden. Uh-huh. It was Army Barracks, Camp George Wetz, yeah. which has cores next to it. And yeah. you were allowed off the premises for 20 minutes a day. And there was a Chinese restaurant, so I would call the Chinese place. Nobody could figure out how I was getting Chinese food, Mark Marin. <laughs> I'd get to the bodega, I'd get a Coke, yeah. get the Chinese food, and walk back in. <laughs> And I met this Italian gangster guy that was retired, and he had a bookmaking operation in there, and he couldn't sell shit. Yeah. So since I spoke Spanish, he goes, take over, and I became his partner. I started selling to the blacks, the, the Latinos, <laughs> the whites. I was like a one-man operation in there. And, you know, I, I, I realized a lot. Like, I didn't do blow in there. I did acid a few times. In was, prison. There was a very was intellectual. Yes, there was a very intellectual guy <laughs> who ran the library. Yeah. He had murdered his wife and her boyfriend. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> great guy though. I loved him solid, and he was the, the he was very he was very. Uh, who's the guy that sneezes on the coke? The great movie. Oh guy? yeah, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Yeah. He's very Woody Allen. Yeah. Love this sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. You could see Woody Allen murdering somebody after you met this guy. <laughs> you follow me? That's yeah. how keen and intelligent yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy was. Yeah. This guy would drop Nietzsche on me. He oh, dropped yeah. philosophers. He dropped Michael Jackson on me. He was very broad. Yeah, very broad. He's from Buffalo, New York. Yeah. And uh, he had, he gave me a notebook once, and he goes, "It's very important that you write your jokes." And he goes, I got no fucking jokes. This is after you start doing the the, the, the little Thursday things. nights. And he goes, uh, "You have no jokes. You don't write." And I go, "No, I go up there on Thursdays and I just talk about the black people and the white yeah, people." And yeah. He goes, "Dog, you got to try comedy when you get out." And he goes, "Trust me, I've seen some comics in my day," and he put the bug in my ear right in there. You know, and he, he made was, you get a notebook. Yeah, he made he gave me one of those black and white notebooks, sure. which was like ten dollars in those days in yeah, a prison. Yeah, a really yeah. fucking big time to get. Yeah. He had like three you know, he was a writer, this guy. He was yeah. he was in there for life. And if you see this guy, it really taught me about life because if I if I saw him, I didn't think he'd be threatening at all. He yeah. went home, caught his wife cheating, that was it. He goes, It was over. It happened. That's why people kill people. Yeah, and he, we did acid. I did acid with him, which really was fuck. He rolled his own cigarettes. Yeah. Guy was solid white, solid, yeah. you know. Yeah. No tattoos, he didn't hate nobody. He was just a <laughs> solid white dude, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh he just taught me a lot. He was a really fucking sharp guy and he talked me into comedy, man. Do you do you keep in touch with that guy? No, I tried. He's not on Facebook, you know. <laughs> 
These motherfuckers don't believe in Facebook 20 years later. You know, I was 20 years. I was 87 when all this went So you down. don't even know if he's alive. No, you know, I had one guy approach me after I got out, a, a crip. I became yeah. friends with a crip in there. That was yeah. a bad motherfucker. He used to get nutter butters sent yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you get nutter butters sent in, you're a bad motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. He would get boxes. That was his shit, nutter yeah. butters. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. He reached out to you after he got yeah. out? Uh, one time. And then he shot up like a 16 and over club or something yeah. over drugs in Boulder. I couldn't hang out with him on my probation. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Luckily. <laughs> it was a probation violation. That's lucky. That's lucky. Yeah, a couple of lucky strokes there, man. Yes. They, they didn't find those keys to Coke. That would have changed your fucking, that would have changed that story, right? It would have changed everything. So you get out of the, out of the can. I get out of there. I get married. Out. That don't work out. But right before I, that doesn't work out. I go to the comedy works and I get on stage one night. That's a good room. And I uh, just went there and then it was every... I took a comedy class and got a job at Wits End and hooked up with George McKelvey and he pushed me down and I went down there and I did it. And those days it was three minutes once a month, you know, and you had to go to all these fucking Buffalo rooms and and it was uh, was a great experience. And I went to New York in 94 when I got divorced and I did it there for a while. And then from there I, I went back. I had a baby. With that woman, yeah, and I wanted to be a father. The the uh, the ma- woman I married. At you divorced time, her and then went back and got married and then had a baby. No, I, I had a child. Oh. I went to New York just to get my bearings back. Yeah. After divorce, it's very tough. It was. Oh, so you really, had a kid already? Yeah, I had yeah. a kid. She was eighteen months old. We got separated. And that didn't work out. And I went back and gave it a try for like three years to be a dad. And it just got worse and worse, Mark Marin. It just got worse and worse. And I met a girl in Michigan, and she was going to go to Seattle. And I had been told that Seattle was a great comedy market. So I said, I'm going to take a chance. Yeah. I'm just going to go up there. I'm going to try to be the best dad I can long distance. I kept an apartment for as long as I could. And then it kept getting uglier and uglier. Every with the, time I go ex? back, yeah. Every time I go back, she wouldn't give me the kid. I ended up smacking the ex one time because he called my daughter a spick and then he wouldn't cop to it. And that's interesting because I smacked him in front of a Safeway supermarket. Her, her new husband? Yeah, the, the guy in yeah. Baseline. You yeah. know, I gave him a chance to get out. I said, You called my little girl. My little girl asked me, What's a spick? And I, I go, where'd you hear this? And she goes, that's what he says whenever you call the house. So I said, that's an East Coast word. I didn't say nothing to my daughter what it meant. And I got out of the car and I asked him. It was in front of a Safeway. Yeah. I got out of the car and I had two felonies at the time. At this time, I was so fucking jacked up. Not on the blow. I was jacked up on my life. What was going on with his daughter and all this shit. That I had a plan, Mark Marin. My plan was to kill these motherfuckers and get a fax machine to take it to prison and fax jokes to Jay Leno. I'm that going, was the plan? That was the you're, plan. You were going to kill your ex-wife and the guy? And the guy, and 35 bucks a joke. I was going to fucking bang it out, me and Gene Perrette, motherfucker. We were going to bang it out, and Judy you're Carter. Right, the, the part of the plan yeah. where it's sort of like, I can live with prison as long as I can get jokes to Yeah, Jay, Jay Leno, as long yeah. as I get jokes, me, Gene Perrette, and fucking Judy Carter, we're going to make this happen. We're going to write a sitcom <laughs> fucking right from the behind the walls. And I, uh, and I smacked him, and and... You know, my my machismo, Latin, spick, demented world, it felt good for 10 seconds till I turned around I seen my daughter crying. And I didn't want her to grow up like I kind of grew up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There yeah. was always drama at the bar. Yeah. I didn't need to see that shit yeah, growing yeah. up. And it was funny because the cops that came, uh, I knew. You know, at the time I was a host at a car wash part-time, so I knew these motherfuckers. They're like, what happened? I told them, they gave me a ticket. And the next day I had Anson court. He's with a black eye. And the beauty of it was I got thrown out of court because he told me a racial slur in the city limits of Boulder. Who's better than me? The judge threw it out of court. 
because it happened on 30th and Baseline. If it would have happened across the street, I wouldn't be here having this conversation. Who figured that out? Your lawyer? The Lord. <laughs> the judge, okay? The Lord. That's all. You, When somebody tells you and you're looking at the guy and he's got a black eye and it's red inside and he's looking at you like this and he don't know what Ablo is. He don't know when the judge is saying this shit. Yeah. You don't even know what the fuck's going on. But for once, I caught a break. Yeah. You know, and I knew yeah. right then and there. I can't even have these thoughts in my mind because every time, if somebody would cut me off, I'd want to pull the car around and go stab these people. That yeah. was the call. That was the root of everything that had gone on. And at that time, I had uh, twenty minutes. Twenty-two of it was garbage. Yeah, you know, I was minus two points of yeah, material, yeah. but I had a. I but had, you could be on stage. You I had to be on stage. I had nothing. You know, when you have nothing, I was like Richard Gere and Officer and Gentleman. I had nowhere else to go. Yeah. You know, people say to me, oh, you know, you're doing well with the podcast, you know, and it's like Mark Marin. We had nowhere else to go. Yeah. We came to L.A., we bit into it, and we evolved. Yeah. And this is what fucking happened, okay? I had yeah. nowhere else. Where are you going to go? You went to Israel. You yeah. went to New York. Yeah. You're snorted in Boston. Yeah. You were in Ireland with Dom Herrera. Where the fuck are you going to go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. settle in somewhere and yeah. look at your fucking journey and go, this is it, motherfucker. <laughs> That's right. You know, this isn't happening because we're better than anybody else. <laughs> this is happening now. I'm 50. I just had a kid. This is happening because I stuck it out. Because seven years ago, I went to visit a friend that had cancer in the middle of her tirade about how if she ever made it back to the stage, she was never going to curse because God told her she stopped. And she goes, you got to stop doing blow. Yeah. And I thought about it, and and uh, it was about a cat. My whole cocaine thing is about a cat. I stopped doing blow. People go spend millions. Yeah. They go to therapy, yeah. and they lay there, and they get hypnotized. My promise was to a cat. Yeah. My promises to a cat that I was <laughs> yeah. going to die. Yeah. You know, I, I never liked doing coke in my house. And the yeah. night I brought the coke upstairs, there was two kittens. And there was one that I loved, DJ. I had this cat colony in the back of my building. Yeah. And, you know, people, these fucking scumbags, oh, I'll take that guy, take that cat. And all of a sudden the cats get bigger and they're like, well, we have allergies. You didn't know that when you fucking said that. So yeah. now somebody's going to save these fucking cats. Yeah. So I would try to take them and, and put signs up and, and play with these fucking cats. And I've got nine of them. <laughs> I got six of them from the same Siamese father. That guy, that guy's worse than Sean Kemp. You know what I'm saying? That guy, that guy don't pay child support. He don't even show up. That guy was a Siamese killer that had yeah. big black fucking balls. <laughs> Siamese, dark, beautiful. His face was hanging. Yeah. You know, he was a killer. He yeah. killed the kittens. He would kill them. If they grew a certain age, he'd kill them yeah. because they'd go back to just not sucking titty and he could fuck the cat again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had every cat back then and she was a whore. She yeah. was the dirtiest, filthiest whore of all time. She was getting fucked by two different cats. Yeah. The Siamese and the black and white cat. <laughs> so she was getting litters from every fucking body because they could get two litters at once. Yeah, I know, yeah. So it was just amazing and I'm taking these cats in. My wife is fucking saving cats, you know, and, and, and we're saving them because they would get anemia yeah. or some shit outside yeah. and, and I was all fucked up at this time. By this time, I'm doing heroin the whole summer, and I hadn't done blow yeah. the whole summer. And you think you're doing good. You and I'm no like, blow. no, 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 no. I was ready to call 60 Minutes Yeah, because I was doing a line of heroin every Monday night, and it was stopping me from doing blow. I was on to something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was on to something, Mark. Man. I got it. I got it. I got this, it out. People, yeah. This is it. I just got to get it out there. That yeah, a little yeah. bit of heroin from Newark. On Monday. Just yeah. go to Newark on Monday, get a little bag of heroin, do a half a black, whack off, puke, yeah. and you're back like ACDC in 84. You know what I'm saying? You're back. So uh, this whole event went on, and this, she had this last batch of little Siamese's, three Siamese's and one black and white one. I love the three Siamese's. But the black and white one I had no use for. Yeah. Because he'd take the male Siamese and make him climb windows. And I loved DJ. I had Demi upstairs. You know, Demi, why you do this to me? I had him upstairs. Yeah, okay. He was a cocksucker. Yeah. But this guy was just like him. Siamese, you know how they're fucking quirky? Yeah. He was not really Siamese. They're the white paws with the whole. Yeah. 
and he kept taking it up to, to the roof. And I would call that black and white cat super bad. Yeah. And I would say, super bad. When he says, I'm going to fucking kill you. And I would catch myself. Like, one day I'm going to get the gun and shoot this motherfucker. <laughs> and I go, what's wrong with me? I'm going to shoot a fucking kitten. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because he scares the other kitten into the ghetto there. So the two girls would stay close. So yeah. things happened. The two girls started getting sick. And, and I took DJ up, the, the Siamese. He was, his leg was strong. Once their legs start swelling, it's all over. But they're shouting. Yeah. They get this anemia in their blood. And you I, never had that. I never had that. And then the other fucking white and black one, the one I hated and was going to kill, he got sick. Yeah. So on the way home that night, my wife calls me. She goes, both cats are in the bathroom. I go, what cats? And she goes, super bad, that motherfucker. Let him die. Yeah. And she goes, DJ, Dimmy Jr. So yeah. I come upstairs. I got my little package of Coke, yeah. which was a rule breaker for me. I yeah. like to do it outside. Yeah. I never like doing the Coke inside. This is just my addicted, no, I get it. disgusted I get mind. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I come upstairs and I... Uh, do the powder in the bathroom as I'm looking at these two fucking cats. One that I love and the other cocksuck I can't stand. And I pet the one that I fucking like and I'm looking at the other guy going, (laughs) (laughs) you're getting nothing. And I I go out to the kitchen jerk off and I go on Google or whatever fucking mind fuck I had that night. And I go to bed and three hours later my wife wakes me up and she didn't know what I was doing. She knew but she didn't know. She goes, "Uh, DJ died. The good cat. The good cat. And I looked at her and I go, don't even tell me that. Don't even tell me that. And she goes, he died. And I go, you know what? Close the fucking door. Because I knew what killed him. It was that Coke I brought upstairs. I never brought it upstairs. It's bad luck. Yeah. It was such bad luck at my mind, you know? Yeah. And I got there and I go, this motherfucker should die next. You know, fuck it. Let's just make it complete. And then my mind fucked. Right there, I said, no, he can't die. The black and white. The black and white. Little fucker can't die. Yeah. And I went in and I knelt and I, I pet him and I kissed him and I, I prayed. I go, God, please save this motherfucker. If he lives, I'll never do blow again. In the back of my mind, this promise meant nothing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I was just saying this. Yeah. Just saying it from my own cocaine-addicted mind. And I tell you, the next night I couldn't go, Mark Marin. And the night after that I couldn't go. And I kept saying, die. The quicker you die, the quicker to you yourself. go back. I kept no, saying to it the... to myself. I wasn't saying this to the cat. Yeah. By this point, I'm going, he wouldn't let me touch him outside. By the third day, I would touch him, and he'd purr at me. He was living, bro. And I started giving him uh, cream pies with the oatmeal cookie, and he Uh started fucking living. And then like a week later, he came out, and I was done. And every night at 8 o'clock, I would get this anxiety. Like my spot was at 1040 at the store, but I didn't give a fuck. I I needed it in my pocket. I didn't want to do it. I needed it in my pocket. And nobody knows the feeling of getting in your car and... Going to Bank of America, not remembering, blacking out. That's what my addiction was. I was blacking out on the way to Bank of There was no red lights in my life. Right. I would get on that Selma. Yeah. Yeah. I would cut motherfuckers off on Highland. Yeah. I didn't give a fuck the way they were going. And I ended up, uh, you know, going to that Bank of America there, and I would just black out. And all of a sudden, here I am a week without that anxiety feeling no more. I would leave the coke in the car and go do my spot. And as soon as I walk off in those days, I'd just go in the car. I didn't give a fuck what Mark Marin had to say. Yeah, sure. What tag Danny Boy had. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, everybody's always got a tag yeah, or an yeah, idea yeah. for a show. Sure. I got to go. Yeah. And I would get on that street, go down to Fountain. And when I made that left, I would be cracking the rock in my hand, driving, steering it with my yeah, knee and yeah, shit. Yeah. And I'd be rolling the dollar bill. And at each light, I'd blast off. You yeah. know? And it was a week and I didn't do it. And by that point, I'm like, this motherfucker's got to die. This guy, I'm going to have to kill him. Because you want to blow. Yeah, at that yeah. point. It was weird. It was weird. Well, they, I don't think people really understand that when you have your blow and you love blow, you feel whole. Oh, you, Just to know God. that, that oh package in your pocket, you're like, I'm Yeah, yeah. Me. Just as long as the package is in there, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm going to be a, yeah, yeah. 
I'm okay. Yeah. You know, and at that time, I had three different dealers. I had an Armenian. Yeah. I had a Mexican at El Compadre. Yeah. And I had this fucking Mexican dude that lives on uh, Sunset and yeah. Western by yeah. that Burger King and those bushes. Uh-huh. Like, you didn't even have to call him or nothing. <laughs> you just drove around Western and Sunset, and yeah. he'd come running behind you. It was classic. Yeah. yeah. And he, you just put your hand out. He put a Coke rock in your nose to make sure you weren't a cop. Yeah. That was his, you know how some people are like, well, I got to ask you this by law. Yeah, are you yeah, DEA? Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, stupid. Yeah, yeah. This guy didn't even play that shit. Yeah. He just put the Coke rock in your nose. And <laughs> yeah. you go, okay, get it. And you tell him $40, and he yeah. give you a rock, and you drove home. No baggie, no bindle, <laughs> no aluminum foil, no nothing. You got to drive home at La Mano on <laughs> Sunset like a pizza delivery boy. <laughs> Sorry, so you go. Never weak. did blow again. I got the movie offer for 18 days, and the people knew I was a Coke fiend. Uh, the taxi movie? Which no, this was a, a movie called Boilermaker about a an AA that got robbed yeah. in the early 80s. It didn't get robbed. They did a bank robbery, and they went into an AA, which will leave anonymous, and hit out with the people. Yeah. And they got shot or something. This was like some similar story to mm-hmm. it. And the people knew I was a fiend, and mm-hmm. they called me like men. They go, you know, we know you're a coke fiend, but we're giving you the first shot. It's 100 a day, but you got to work 18 days straight. So in my seventh day, I go, this is perfect. If I can make that and this. What are you doing on the set? Uh, I was, uh, you know, I was in acting. Oh, was, for 100 uh, a day? That's what I yeah, was that was a low budget. budget oh, okay, those guys. Yeah, it was yeah. a low budget movie. Right. So it was, uh, I did that. And by the time I finished, I was clean 30 days. And I was like, this is the first time since 19. Totally fucking... clean. You smoking weed or what? Now I smoke weed. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, but yeah. At that, no, at that time, I was still doing weed. No more pills. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you go down to these doctors, yeah. and I didn't know what I was suffering from. At yeah. that time, I had such an anxiety. Like, yeah. my mind. Yeah, yeah. At, at that time, I was doing the blow, and yeah. I was getting sharks in my spine. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the night, I was getting... I knew it was time. I knew something was going to go down. Yeah, you're... I was 400 fucking pounds, Mark. I was smoking three packs of cigarettes before the blow. Yeah. On the way home, I'd stop and get a two-pack yeah. of Camel Lights yeah, and yeah. fucking... And water. Like, so, you you were dying. What? You were dying. Yeah. Like, Mark, yeah. you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. I'm doing an eight ball, but I'm drinking water. Okay? Yeah. What are you yeah, doing yeah, for yeah. your health? I'm cleaning if, my and if I ate sushi the next day, oh, I yeah. was Johnny Atlas. Yeah, yeah. Had, had some soup if you felt a little under oh, the weather. Oh, miso soup and yeah, water? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not an addict, all right? It's amazing. It's amazing what you think miso soup can do when you're that fucked oh up. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, miso day. soup. You got a system. I got. I have the Thai hot spicy soup the day after. It cleans it out. Cleans it out. Amazing. I used to hot and sour because it's got vinegar. Yeah. And it cleans out yeah, the yeah. system so yeah. the cocaine yeah, is all gone. Good, all good. Two days and I go back to it. I would stay clean for maybe 72 hours and I'd lose my mind. But the road was like you mm-hmm. to get your shit off. The yeah. road meant oh, yeah, 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 and you'd yeah. only go to places. It's you, not real. Yeah, yeah. You'd even call the guy like yeah. Monday. Hey, Flacco, how you doing? Yeah, I'm coming in Friday, but have it ready Thursday just in case I fly in early Thursday. Yeah, yeah you're like yeah. Lumber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got yeah. That's your plan. And it's just. Uh, and now it's, uh, I always, I, I got off to the, I remember I had these anxiety pills they gave me. That Mark, I would do the anxiety, the depression pills, mm-hmm. and I would snort with them and then say they wouldn't work. Yeah, but yeah, they ain't yeah, working. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Yeah, yeah. So I had this black friend that I used to get coke from, the worst coke in the world. Yeah. But he fronted to me. So in the mornings, I'd go, dog, how much protein powder are you put in this fucking coke? <laughs> and every night it was in the motorcycle. So I'd have to go in his backyard. And take it from the motorcycle, and he'd go, did you leave the money? I would never leave the money. Yeah. And he'd go, where's the money? I left it there. What are you talking about? It's there. I left you that one and the one from before. <laughs> so much fun, the world of blow. Oh, yeah. But he used to eat 100 Valiums in a night. So one night I called him, and I said, hey, man, do me a favor. Come by. I got these pills. This is, this is the future. Yeah. And there were antidepressants that I had gotten from the doctor, and uh, 
uh, an anxiety pill. Mm -hmm. And I gave him both. This is a guy that was eating, you know, 15 Percodans. I'm exaggerating. He's yeah. probably eating 10 Vs a night. Yeah. He was probably doing a gram or two a night. He yeah. was probably eating those things that were hot in those days, Oxycontins. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. him mentioning. Yeah. I remember three days later, he called me. He goes, hey, man, whatever the fuck you gave me, that shit is wrong, brother. And I was like, I was right. So I went to acupuncture mm. for my anxiety. Yeah. And uh, that was seven fucking years ago. I don't have anxiety no more. Really? I don't do powder no more. And you're feeling better? Yeah. I go to, I go to acupuncture every Tuesday. I get cupped, a couple needles in my neck. Yeah. A couple needles everywhere else in my knee if I'm having problems. You know, I try to go to the no water. Meds. I saw you at no the meds? Water. Nothing, nothing. Just marijuana. So now look at you, man. You're doing good. You go on the road a lot by yourself. You go out with Joe sometimes. Yeah. You, you, you're at the store. You got you know, friends. You're feeling healthy. Yeah. And you got a baby? 50. Listen, I was going to tell you the recipe, but don't tell nobody. How to have a baby? Yeah. You ready? I yeah. had knee surgery. So the doctor asked me if I wanted Anavar to do this, uh, the recovery, which yeah. is like a mild steroid yeah, to make yeah. your muscles strong. And I didn't want the Anavar. A friend of mine just said, just get some protein powder and do some lifting on your own and go to physical therapy. So I went to GNC and I bought the $80 protein. Yeah. That shit made me fucking horny as fuck. It's like putting a Coke rock in your asshole. Yeah. I went nuts. I gave mom a stabbing. She's 43. I've been with my wife for 10 years, 12 years. Nothing ever happened. That's why we got the cats. Yeah. Because after like six years, I thought I was damaged goods. You yeah, know, yeah, my yeah. past, whatever, but... She's a beautiful little baby girl. She's healthy. She's four months old. And I feel good more because finally I made somebody happy. She's in another fucking planet, my wife. Uh, and uh, there's nothing like living you. Like, I fucked up when I was first married, when I got out of prison. You know. What I, happened to that daughter? That daughter and me stopped talking about 10 years ago. Mm. And it was basically the mother wanted to change her name and my ego yeah, and this yeah. and that and child support and... It went back and forth. You know, today everything's done. You know, yeah. uh, there's no drama. I just decided not to talk to them. Just mm -hmm. years ago, you know, what I do for a living, especially 10 years ago when I lived in a car, yeah. was tough, Mark. And yeah. I would send child support and call and not even a fucking Father's Day card. Yeah. Not a, you know, I would, I remember I, I got a commercial for Taco Bell. And I would, you know, go back to Boulder, which is expensive in those days. And, you know, we were making $15 at the fucking store guy. Yeah. It's 300 plus 200 a night to stay at the broker, plus I got to rent a car. And I get there, and oh, she's too busy this week. You yeah. know, what can a 10-year-old be doing? Yeah. I didn't have money to go back to an attorney. I was sick and tired of going to court over this. Sick and tired. Yeah. And one day I decided, I, you just put a dream out there and say, you know what? Someday we're going to talk. A couple of years ago, I contacted her on Facebook. I sent Christmas cards. I hear nothing. You know, do I want to talk to the mother? You know, Mark, there's just something about this. She tried to cut my legs off that I can't come to grips with it today. Yeah. And I think in time I will, you know. But sure. uh, loving this baby makes me realize that how bad the addiction was when I first yeah. had the first kid. You can't love, you can't really do anything when you're addicted. No, man. you're tied up in it. You, you, really, you really can't do dick, whether it's comedy, whether it's fucking being a plumber, whether it's being a father, and you didn't realize till 50. Now I'm just, listen, every man of the average age is 74. I smoked some cigarettes. I ate some badass in Cleveland. You know, shit happened. Yeah. That's about 68. That means yeah. my daughter will be 18. All you do is be the best father I can, you know, yeah. at this point. Well, that's that's it, brother. Beautiful story, dude. That's it. That's Congratulations. all. Congratulations. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's good to see you. Good to see you, and I'm thanks. happy you got me on. Man. Yeah, thanks for talking. Thank you for having me.
Wow, how's that for a story, huh? You got any good stories? I don't think so. I love Joey Diaz. I really appreciate him coming down, and it was uh, it was great to spend some time with him. I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you for listening to my show. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. You know, get on the mailing list, kick in a few shekels, leave a few comments. Don't be a dick. Get the app. Do yourself a favor. I know you got, I got a lot of newbies out there. Go, go get the app. Go to look at the merch. I think there's a new shirt or two up there. Things are happening, right? Aren't they? Oh, God, please, please, please let me get through this weekend. Okay, no crying. Boomer lives! <laughs>